and welcome to Elite Cadre, the War Machine Hordes podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm Mike. I'm Kat. I'm Ben. I'm sorry. This is this is now getting to be almost unacceptable. I haven't been I... interrupted for at least six months. We're it's too very, old for this shit. It's, it's getting very weird now. Well, I just felt like I was copying Alex and it's got a bit old. I, I thought Alex was going to come back and this is even less likely now. We need to do something else. So the, well, the air g- hall or something. Uh, given that he's... <laughs> Given that Alex has spent most of the last week selling off models to the elite members of Elite Cadre, um, yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath. No. Um, well, that's exactly yes. Yes. Um, so, big point of discussion that we're going to go through uh, on this episode is, well, the Dev Insider that got previewed last week. Um it was very interesting. So we're, we're leading up to what is a new campaign book um, Yay. For, for War Machine, which is a very weird thing to have at this point because we've not had anything in this style for a very long time. I liked um, it. I miss it. Yes. And, and the book's going to be Oblivion. Now, what this is going to be, it's the pretty much the launch of the Infernals. They're coming in and you kind of got this um, battle for the heart and soul of uh, the world that War Machine set in. Um, and it's going to have some very interesting items in. So I've, I've, I've got a Reddit post of um, some of the stuff that was in there. Um, now, the first thing on there is uh, one of the themes that was originally previewed for With Infernals, but was rapidly rolled back at CRD. <laughs> uh, it went absolutely ballistic. Yes. Um, it's Hearts of Darkness. Now, Hearts of Darkness, for those who are unaware, uh, when it was originally previewed, um, was a theme force that allowed you to take any caster from one of about, was it four or five factions? Signal, uh, Crucible Guards, Cadal. Was it more than that? Something like that. Um, and yeah, just, just filled them with infernal troops and um, a battle group from their own faction. It was, was meant it, to be, it, it was a it was, what if this person had become an infernalist? What if they'd gone bad? And, <laughs> and the internet went a bit mental because they went, hang on, that that means you can combo Hearts of Darkness with Hearts of Darkness at a tournament and make utterly broken combos of casters. So Privateer kind of rolled that one back really quickly. Went, oh, no, 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 we didn't mean that. We didn't mean it. Sorry, we'll, we'll go back and rework it. Um, well, actually, I think too much focus was put on that theme and everybody's ignoring the other one that was purely, um, that was pure Infernals. Yes, yes. I mean, that, that is also fair. But now they've come back with a, a reworked version. Um, so they've said that um, select Warcasters from Kador, Crucible Guard, Signar, and Mercenaries will be available. Um, one of them, I believe, has three versions of a caster available. Most of them only have one caster each. Seems so, to be. So it's, it's a much more limited pool, but it will still be along the same theme. You take your battle group from that faction and you get your troops and your solos and battle engines from Infernals. Um, so so that, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, of note, you cannot take Horrors, which are the um, Infernal, not quite War Beasts, not quite War Jacks, um, you cannot take those, and but you can summon them with... Uh, I forget the name of the solo. Uh, the Great Princess. The Queen from Kador, Evil Kador Queen, whatever Yes, yes. She can have a battle group and she can summon, yeah. Yeah. So so that's that, that's interesting. I think they've made it... They've put it in a much better place to try and balance it, which is one of the things that the theme forces are allegedly there to do. 
Um, any thoughts? I think it's there's some sanity there. I think it's uh, it was getting a bit um, out of control with the uh, that previous incarnation. Um, uh, yeah, everybody's getting very Sylvester obsessed, and um, well, a lot of people were around what he could do with them, especially well, from a Christmas card point of view. Um, yes, I think it's uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it was uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty good idea, and I, I'm intrigued to know where this is going to go because obviously we don't know the detail details of it. I, I know. Do you know who the third, the third incarnation, three incarnations caster is? Because I've seen it. No. It's Striker. Okay, I, I mean, it, it was one of the, it was one of the guesses that you could make based on the fact that the three incarnations was what is it? Was him, Haley, and Kane? Dave, Dave said. The, I thought the video. I was pretty sure on the video on last Wednesday they said it was Striker. Uh, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying of the ones with three incarnations, I think there's only those three in Signa. Uh, the Prime and yeah, uh, yeah. So and, and uh, what's his face? Yeah, the old man. Um, uh, al- although uh, Striker does turn up somewhere else, um, which is interesting because yeah. So and that that's in the third theme force. Uh, the second one is one that's designed specifically to appeal to Benj. Yes, it literally was. So this one is a theme force that is completely off the wall. This is Protectorate and Kador. It is themed around cavalry, and um, yeah. So you want to you want to take a caster? You can take a protectorate or Kador cavalry caster. You you want to take infantry? You take cavalry. You want to take solos? You take cavalry. We don't know about battle engines, but I'm presuming that they will be cavalry. Um, and it can take Kador or Menoth Warjacks freely in the battle group. You want to take Adjudicator with uh, Vlad Three? You go right ahead. I particularly liked the Toy Story meme. Yes, <laughs> that that one. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the uh, the classic Buzz Lightyear gesturing to Woody, reaching up towards the sky. Which I've we've all seen some fairly offensive versions of that. It just said cavalry. Cavalry everywhere. It was uh, it was the max. Sorry, maximum minimum effort on the photoshopping as well, <laughs> which just sealed. The, the, oh yeah, because it was well. over. Yeah, one was um had a head head replaced replacement Krios, and the other one had a head replacement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, the, the the thing is as well, it's it's actually a really good like thematic theme force Menites. because. Yeah, because like Vlad is, we we know that Vlad is of the old faith of Menoth. Um, hell, even in the um, oh, in the alternate timeline what's, stuff. What's quite he, nice is Krios is from Kador. Yes, as well. <clears throat> that is true. Um, yeah. Um, all of Fiora. Uh, mm, we'll work on that one. Yeah, that's, um, more that's more difficult. I was ignoring that. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, hard um, but but no, it's it's the fact that Vlad in the alternate timeline stuff has appeared as a Menite caster. Yeah, they so, and Vlad, didn't they? Yeah, it's that that's going to be interesting to see. Well, actually, no, did I don't I don't think Kador got Krios. Oh no, no, you're right. They, they got just, yeah. um, oh Selena from uh, yeah Selena Rafael. Catwoman. Yeah, Selena Rafael of the uh, Nis Hunters became a war caster for some reason. Ooh, okay, I, I forgot that. Why. Yeah, it's that the, the whole. Uh, the, you can actually find them all in War Room now. Um, oh, can so, you? Yes. So go if you, if, you, if, you, if you go to your card library, there is an option for alternate history casters. Oh, I need to go look at that one second. 
right okay. now. Okay. Uh, given that we're having a one-second break here, Kurt, you're breathing quite heavily into your mic occasionally. Oh, sorry. That's because I'm looking down when I'm painting, I expect. Yeah. I will do uh, sort that out. We're, yes. It, it, it gets a bit heavy breathing and weird. All right. I'm just concentrating because I'm painting. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm also, I shall try and make sure my mic's somewhere else. This is riveting radio, this. It's very... Or something. I'm painting... Uh, I'll save that for later. Yes. Good. Welcome back. Clash into the microphone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah! Drop that. Read the binge? Yeah. So, did we have any other notes on what the theme thoughts would actually comprise of what no, that's it, uh, I've, just, I've just literally given you the entire theme force bench no i'm no buffs though or no you know we don't choir. know yet we don't know choir and horses that, so so uh, so um although they've described a lot of um what can be taken uh in the theme forces they've not said anything about um what advantages it's giving um free stuff yeah, so I'm presuming that's going to wait until we actually see um, Oblivion. Uh, CID next week? Yes, that's what you mean, isn't it? So this was Silena's card as a Kador caster. What if Zerkova had enlisted the help of the refugee Silena Raphael in protecting Nisa from the Crixian forces? Fortified by Nisa's icy powers, Silena could uh, have been a powerful garden for the garden sorry guardian for the frozen gardener gardener gardener. yeah yeah uh and uh true threat to anyone who would imperil him that was okay yep yep okay that's interesting i couldn't see that i didn't know that one i forgot i forgot yeah that that one's been that that one's been around since mark one wow were they mark one i believe the initial in alter history casters were mark one ones really and then yeah. they got Mark II cards in a yeah. you know, white dwarf or whatever it's called. This is the wrong way. In a white dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. That's the Stoonwell. Wow. Wow. Can't get kicked out of the press gang now. Uh, no, that is very true. We've all been ejected from that organization quite mightily. Um, so the last one um, is an interesting one for me, anyway. Uh, because it means that they are going to have to go back and redo tags on an awful lot of models, apparently. Um, because as of Oblivion, an awful lot of models will be tagged with uh, Morrowind yeah. and um, Thamorite. So the final one is Flame in the Darkness, which is a mercenary theme which allows Morrowind and Thamorite models in the same force and they lose animosity to each other. Yep. Uh, yep. S- Striker is available for it. Um, and, oh yeah, Constance Blaze is being reworked for it. Because Good. we've seen her in the key art for Oblivion fighting one of the Infernal Masters. She looks more like, she looks more like Constance too, doesn't she? Do you have a picture of that key art? I couldn't find that one. I have no idea where it, it will be somewhere in it's that. In the video, um, it's in the video about two thirds before. I don't know, it's about halfway through, perhaps actually not two thirds because they go on to right quest afterwards. Um, so it is in the video. Mm, used to be that the Reddit war machine thing would be good for this, but yeah, things have gone downhill though, haven't they? Really, let's be fair. 
Oh, Reddit's just not that reliable anymore, to be honest. What, just the whole thing or just our neck of the woods on it? <laughs> Sorry, I tried to go to the privateer um, <laughs> uh, YouTube page. Um, I'm guessing at some point they lost their login for it. Because if you go to youtube.com forward slash privateer press, yeah. what, what you find is like um, <laughs> a video on how to build a drawbridge. Um, Monster Pocapalooza from 2009, fronted by Schick. Three trailers for Grind. I think that's a different one. So, Private Press Prime is what it's called now. They have yeah. changed over to Private Press Pri- slash Private Press Prime, one word. I- I'm guessing someone lost the login for the original Absolutely. page. Or, um, yeah. Be- because that's, that's something of a poor showing. The last video on there was like eight years ago. So. Hmm. So. Uh, we're going to get new Morrowind units, or at least a new. Um, I haven't said that. They have said there's some. There are odd new things coming, but no, they haven't said new Morrowind units. They haven't really said that. They have. They, we're going to get demon hunters or whatever they're called. Oh, well, it's archons, though, isn't it? No. Yeah. Are they? I thought we were going to get a specific unit that is. Not seen that anywhere. Archons used to be a Morrowind term. Yeah, but there was a thing that said that we were going to get these Morrowind, uh, like a, a yeah, there is a Morrowind one, isn't there? But yeah, I don't. I, I, if if there is anything about that, they haven't said anything about it yet. Oh, I swear they did. All right, I'm going to spend the rest of this cast looking for them. You do that. <laughs> Tell right. you what, don't stop, don't eat or sleep or mow the lawn until you find it. I think I need to go to work. So unfortunately, your plan. <laughs> I didn't think it would work. I think it was <laughs> dying of starvation doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> reasonable excuse not to go to work. I think they really. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm going to send you the uh, the key art in the uh, the Facebook page. Oh. Oh. Meanwhile, here is the music. This 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 podcast is so happening. It's amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm, I'm getting um, some Twitter DMs from Rich Dean about it. So uh... good. I did put in a message going. We're recording like about now. Yeah, because we didn't advertise this one, did we? Oh, that's a nice lot of artwork. So um, for the uh, for, for people who want to see this um, in the developer hangout for April the tenth, two thousand nineteen, on the Privateer Press Prime YouTube channel. If you go to fourteen minutes and forty eight seconds. <laughs> Where did you find that reference on Reddit? Did you? No, um, I just hovered over it. Hovered over it with my mouse. I've got two oh. screens. I can I can look at the podcast on one screen and look at everything uh, else on the I've other. I've got a phone as well. I can do all kinds of stuff and paint yep. all at the same time. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, or not, or not, as the case may be. Wonder, who's doing the art for this then? By that style, can't really tell. Uh, could probably be a dirt so. Mm, it yeah. Very much his style. Well, I mean, it's not sort of the like the ranked troops, but it is very much kind of his style of faces. I think. Yeah, That's um, a cool picture. It's a very cool picture. So, for, for, for anyone who has no reference for what we're seeing, um, what you're seeing is a battle between the uh, Infernalists and their uh, war beasts, plus at least two of the solos. Uh, the one on horseback, whose name I forget, but it's basically Arthas from Warcraft. Um, nice. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> I've noticed that, so now. Okay. Yeah. Everyone I, said I, it I, all I, I hadn't thought of it either. Yeah. Um, fighting off <laughs> a load of precursors 
the saddest troops in War Machine. Oh, I like them. We've all, they're stupid. There must be so many people with a painted unit. They're everywhere. People seem to all have them painted. I don't know why, but they do. Because they look so awesome. This is the they thing. Do. In Mark II, they were fine because a lot of troops had that half-inch melee range. Yeah. And you kind of went, well, hang on. Um, Cricks can just charge my caster because they've got incorporeal units that can go straight through my stuff. Yep. I'll just put some precursors in the way. And all of a sudden, you've got this unit that, like, oh, oh you, you want to walk through this? No sunshine. You know, suddenly, Matt 9, pow. Oh, unit, ma- unit of magic weapons, and yep. Yeah, and, and they can have Weapon Master for a turn with their mini Bless. feet. Yep. And it was like, oh, this is beautiful. Um, shame they had, was it Spell Ward, which stopped yes. casting friendly buffs on, which yes. was sad. And and then you've got Constance, who people had loads of hope for. Because like, yes, a, it, it, it's a um, a warcaster for Morrow. It'll be Absolutely. really good. And then yep. she turns up and you go, oh. Oh. She was she was okay in Mark II, uh, if you could get her yep. working. Because it was the whole thing of, like, collect souls from the fleet yep. range. And, and she can use them on transference to boost attack and damage rolls. I like and, it. And it was okay. But then in this version, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you do that to Morrow and models. And of which there are six. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, so I, I can use that on Harlan Versch, Gallant, yes. herself, and Precursors. Maybe one of the solos somewhere, maybe. Uh, I, I'm less than impressed by this one now. Um, I mean, yeah, there probably are other things, but I mean, Gallant, Not many. Has, Gallant has been utterly locked out of Mark III because he won't. He doesn't go in any of the theme forces. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, well, on his own anyway. You have to take because his character, because his character, and therefore, yeah, you have to go with her, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is a shame because Gallant's a really good warjack. Like he's got purgation and a blessed weapon. Nice. I he mean, is. it's that's just stupid on a warjack, but yeah. Um, so Constance is getting a rework. I'm really looking forward to what they do with that. But one key thing that people noticed in the artwork when it came out is that behind the infernal master is an angel. Is a well, it looks like a giant flying precursor. Now, this is one of the models that there's going to be a range of them, um, and they are called Archons. So strange, strange pterodactyl type thing in Scorn. Are they all based on that? No, no, they are all based on Diablo. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Uh, I think Diablo might have a not, similar co- concept source. It's yeah. not a bad thing. Possibly John Milton. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I just had a thing from uh, Rich Deeds, like um, on Mark III, you can use the transference on any attack, uh, the equivalent of transference on any attack, which includes Harlan versus Gun. Yes, which is lovely. One problem is it's still going to be a modern model. It's 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 got advantages, but yeah. Um, I, so, I also so, noticed uh, Rich, you couldn't stop Richie playing her. Obviously, he loves it. Mm. Mm. Does play for Signal? Not seen her on the table. I think I've seen Constance Blaze on the table a grand total of once, and also oh, twice, three. twice, and that's when I was playing her. Oh, so yeah, I have played her, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> So, so we have a selection of archons. Uh, the archons are all mercenary or minion. That's the first thing to remember. Some are partisans, and their faction allegiances are interesting. 
just before we carry on with the Archons, I found that quote which said about the CID will have a dozen other models, basically, that we haven't seen. Yes. One example is Morrowind Demon Hunters. Oh. And the Morrowind tag is getting added to a bunch more models. Yeah. So, Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Archons. So, um, you have a grand total from what I can see of uh, six. Um, so, the, the first one is the Morrowind Archon. Um, which is going to be uh, apparently supportive and defensive. Yep. Uh, it's the sort of flying angel you can see in there. Um, one thing to remember about all these Archons, they're going to be large base models, except for one of them. Yeah. So that is going to be presumably some sort of gigantic angel. We're talking, you know, probably harbinger size kind of things. And yeah. they're all FA2, which is entertaining as well. Oh, good. They've got like the the wings. Privateer Press have been doing a lot of models with wings recently, and they, I really like. Oh no! You know what this means? What's that? In the UK, we're well, going. We're gonna have. I mean, I have been getting some resin pieces, which is nice. But if if I see one of those, which is all metal with metal wings, and one of those sodding plastic flight stands I, <laughs> I, I am going to buy a plane ticket to america just to question people in person privateer press if you if, if you are listening and i know that you know, at one point someone did listen to this from privateer press um they're probably you, drunk they're probably drunk but yeah you know, they'd have to be really mm, wouldn't they? yeah they would yeah um if you are listening please please don't use those <laughs> flight stands are they I, really? Would they I, really put them on flight stands? They must have a base that would support such a heavy model. Well, we, we, or some riveting cloaks, perhaps. That's a new idea. Yeah, yeah we, we, can, we can get to one that has that fairly soon. Um, so, yeah, the, the Moron one, uh, I think they said, will certainly be available to at least Signar and Kador. Mm. Um, and is a faction partisan for Signar, I think they said. Yes. Did they? I thought the only faction partisan was the actual Menite one. So, uh, that's, the, that's what I read somewhere. That, that was the only one that was specific to Menoth. Pass. I think at this point the, the information we're getting is quite fluid, shall we say? Yes. Uh, well, it's all going to go to CID anyway. So yes. this, anything we say is as it is now at the, on the 14th of April. CID comes out in theory this week, maybe the week after if they don't get there. And and everything will change during CID, likely anyway. So yeah. So was it was it this Wednesday or this Thursday? It was this, going this Wednesday, I believe. If it's on, if it's if it's six to schedule. Yeah. So Wednesday the seventeenth. Okay. Um. So speaking of the uh, the Menite Archon, that's the next one. Apparently, a giant armored flaming angel. Jesus. Uh, it's meant to be a, an absolute melee killer, and quote. Menoth's Wrath Incarnate. I'm looking Literally. forward to this one. Really? You surprised me? I'm looking forward to all the Archons, to be honest. Yeah. They, they, also, they also said that everybody can take at least one, haven't they? Mm. And some can I, take more than one. I would be very surprised if Kador don't get access to both Mara and Menoth. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Um, because they are a mixed-faith nation. Um, as um, By the way, if, if people haven't listened to the lore cast... Uh, that was done this last week. That is a really good listen with Doug Seacat. Um, he talks about how these archons are viewed and how um, you know they they, uh, they come to be. It's it's a really interesting look into the fact that these are 
Um, in some cases, uh, they're uh, all Vorlons, they really aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they could all be Vorlons. They're all Vorlons. Um, in a lot of cases, they are sort of um, former dead heroes that are kind of, sort of, kind of you know, devoted to the uh, the faith and that are have temporarily come back, but aren't necessarily sort of completely. They don't have complete free will. Um, I thought the form also was that the Archons were supposed to be. Um, they they originally showed up as uh, you know looking like um, they they appear as how humanity wants them to appear. Yes, yes, that that was yeah that that was that was stated. Um, yeah. You you will see whatever you want to see, um, which is why they've said we're looking forward to some of the interesting conversions people can come up with for these. Mm. Um, so that that's going to be good. Um, so the next one is the Thamorite Archon, um, ranged assassin with a holy longbow and wings. Now nice. th- this one they have actually previewed um, the uh, the concept art on the Property Press Instagram. Yeah, very gradually, wasn't it? Uh, yes. So it was it was like a six piece thing. It's because they can't because of how Instagram works. You can't show the whole thing in one go, which is really annoying. Um, but it, a lot of people said, oh, this is very similar to uh, a Games Workshop model. It's like, yes, I can also show you a like a couple of Visions in Fantasy models that have the same pose that predate the Games Workshop model yeah. and artwork that pre-exists those. And it's it's just a dynamic pose that a lot of people are going to use. It's, yep. it's, like, it's like the point of command. There's so many models that just have that sort of look into the distance and a pointing arm, and you go, oh, that's the unit leader. It's, you know... Isn't it Hawkeye from the Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Isn't it um, Ryan from, you know, the Sky at Night? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I get where you're going with that one, but fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Cut that one down. It's prime. Um, Not at the same level of scorn I usually get. Wow! <laughs> yeah, what was that? Yeah, admit it's probably because I'm factually incorrect because Ryan's not really pointing. Ooh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's 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 a giant bewinged archer leaping back with a sort of big flowy cloak, and it looks like that one will hopefully avoid the flight stand. Yeah, I'm I'm pr- I'm praying. That's um, going to be one hell of a molded cloak base. That's. These things are not going to be cheap. I will put it that way. Because uh, those wings alone are probably going to take up some um, quite interesting amounts of uh, cash. And case space as well, if you're trying yeah, to. Oh, true. God, transporting these is going to be the devil's own game. Uh, mm. People are going to have to like break off the wings and magnetize them or whatever. And especially the metal, that'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> 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 a week try the view say uh, sales of dremels are going to go up so people can actually just like have slot in pins and take out bits they don't need um anyway uh next one is the only medium based one and it's the dunian archon so this is the old earth mother now what was interesting about this one in the discussion that they had on the law cast is that this isn't just a troll one. Um so although we associate Dunia the Earth Mother with uh trolls, so do it's also what's behind Circle. Yeah. So this will be available in both of those. Um apparently it is pure support uh, with uh healing spells and buffs. Uber sure for, for everyone. 
There was some, uh, some interesting comments about this that people were hoping that it may have been actually offensive for a change because the amount of premium, this was one of the quotes, I don't know whether it's true or not, was uh, from a Trolls player, was that the premium package that they already pay on support, you know, to just have an army that can advance up the table. They, they were really hoping for something that would give some offensive output. So, but it's always it's a good choice to Trolls, though, to be fair. Given given the comments that have been made, they're not getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they might get in this Archon is something that says, okay, you'd normally take a stone and this. And all of a sudden you go, well, I'll just take the Dunian Archon instead. Because although it doesn't give these advantages, it creates most of what that does and is cheaper. Because these are allegedly in the sort of eight to nine points, I think. Yeah, range. that's what I heard. Yeah, um, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, <laughs> you say pretty cheap. Have you looked at the price of most solos? Uh, not really. Oh, actually, actually, technically, the price of most solos is free because that's what people pay for. Yeah, right. Um, oh, do you reckon they'll actually end up in theme forces? Though uh, some they say might. I think I think they'll be takeable in theme forces. I don't think they'll be free options. Well, I think you might find the theme R one might be free in the theme R force. Maybe those kind of things. Maybe, but oh, if, said, yeah. if if Flame in the Darkness allows for free Archons, I, I'll be there going. I will have two of each, please, and I will be playing this theme forever. Now, thank you very much. Um, because a lot of the best stuff in Mercs is either Mara or Northheimer Um, and I like the idea of mixing them both together and then for some reason adding Signar's red-headed stepchild for some do you think it will last though? do you think what will last? the alliance beyond the book do you reckon it's rule? so this is something very interesting about what they've said about Oblivion they've said this isn't just something that is going to come and go. Regardless of who, quote, wins, there are going to be lasting scars and changes that are left on the War Machine world. Nice. Um, And one thing that is, you know, kind of uh, looking back, apparently there have been alliances between Morrow and Thema before. Men and elves, yeah. Um, So it it kind of... (sighs) <laughs> Sorry, my my brain glossed over that for a I second. I know, but then it's sunk in. I can hear it happen. Just why? Oh, the sadness there. I know. It gives me such joy. <laughs> uh, but half, half an hour from now, he'll just be thinking about Haldir again. So yeah, yeah, fat Haldir. Yeah, there we go. Yay. <laughs> they did promise though that. Um, things would you know in the in the last big storybook that um the plot would see people die you know everlasting changes and it didn't really feel like so i hope they put more of an effort into this because the only person that died was um thingy. harbinger no cricks i uh, know harbinger came back she did that's what i mean yeah but she did though she died and came back uh yeah but that was that was ages ago no i was thinking about the cricks guy but they didn't get as a factory thing what was his name uh, terminus. terminus oh yes they did yeah i was gonna say uh, there has been death since then has there who else has died i know this yeah, guy um, died ages ago but i was gonna say one of the uh someone scorn was eaten by the devourer yeah but he came back as a stone didn't he uh i think it might be someone else they, yeah. they did they did reference someone basically even though there is the stone one they um there was a reference in the um the law cast to like maybe this is this guy passing messages from inside the devourer worm oh I'm like okay 
like that, Jonah. That, that's kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> um, anyway, still got two more Archons to go. Um, now, this is the interesting one. The Void Archon. Looks like a giant whirlpool of darkness that comes up as a giant clock angel. Looks well, that, metal. Sounds, that sounds easy to model, isn't it? Pure disruption, causes havoc, hard to pin down. Well, the, the Void... I can't remember. Why is that because it's a metal model? Wait, sorry. sorry. Is, is this the Crix and Dragon one, isn't it? Crix and Legion one? Uh, no. It, it's um, it's con- it's convergence. Oh yeah, uh, they did. I think it's convergence, Crix and Legion. Yeah, I thought Retribution had this one as well. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah they did may that. well. Because yep. more than one, one, one faction has each one. So because they see them as different things, don't they? Yeah, we have that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they and then this is the one where they're kind of so they're going. Yeah, this this one was a little hard to pin down. Like, if you're giving it to those factions, no wonder it was hard to pin down. Um, and so they've said, like, you know, for, for the convergence, this is they're building a body out of clockwork, and then suddenly the Maiden of Gears springs it to life, but for other factions, it's something different. And so that was ah, that was interesting. Um, I, I really want to see the model for that because it's like it's mentally hard to pin down what the hell they're doing with it. Yeah, um, it's going to be a bit dragony, but a bit clockwork. So that's going to be fun. Uh, the final one is the Primal Archon. Um, Looks like the mountain has come alive. Woohoo! It just looks like a giant wold. 12 inch. It, it really doesn't. Really? It, it really doesn't. Have you not seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the art. It just looked like a wold. So. It looks nothing like a wold. Okay. Looks, not, looks more like a troll than a wold in a lot of ways. Well, yes. Yes, I'll go with that one. So, so the wolds, um, if you look at those, they are kind of. Um, very regimented stone that's obviously been roped together and yeah. magic together and yeah it's it's something that's constructed the primal archon looks like something that you'd be out in the middle of you know a forest somewhere and the stones would start rumbling together towards this sort of copse of trees and this thing would erupt from the earth in front of you as this like you know soil spreading root encrusted monster um, so is, this, is Circle getting two? Is this, this feels very Circle. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess so. Um, it certainly looks like Circle. Again, uh, for, for people who haven't seen anything, uh, the artwork for this one is on the Privateer Press Instagram page. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading the comments on it, and people say, this is the coolest Archon so far. Ah, okay. I guess... I'm in a minority then. I find all the night ones sexier. Are you playing the wrong faction, Ben? Is that what it is? No, not really. I just don't find stone interesting. But there we go. <laughs> I, was, I, I would be... I, I'm, I'm interested to see what this is going to do. Um, I, I, to be honest, as a Merc player, I'm interested to see how many of these turn up in Mercs at some point. Because I'll just be there going, yes, more Archons, more... Because out of the three I've seen, I like the design of all of them. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, just going back to this, the Oblivion book in general, this is something of an interesting change for Privateer for Mark Three. So what we saw at the start of Mark Three was a change from the old style books, which was everyone gets something yeah. to... Then suddenly, like, okay, we're doing Menoth for this month. We're doing Kador for this month. 
we're doing steelheads for this month and it's all very regimented and you get like 10 things this but you have it, to wait two years to get any stuff yeah this feels like an old style book yeah this this feels very much like here here is something for everyone we're gonna have story in here we're gonna have some campaign bits in here and i'm sat there going this this is the first book in a while although i'm not sure they've actually done many books recently no uh, this is the first thing in a while i'm sat there going i want to buy the book for the book this yeah yeah me too yeah i i want to see like more of what they're describing about these archons. I want to see more of what they're talking about with the Infernals. I want to see I want to see what's going on with this whole Oblivion campaign and how we get here. And I want to see A4 art of all the archons in a book with lore. Yeah. Yep. I think that, well, do you reckon they've done a U-turn again? Like on maybe the, you know, just feedback? I mean, this is the first book since Vengeance, wasn't it? Well, I... I honestly would be really happy if they did that. If rather than having like three, four books a year, well, three or four releases a year of one faction, we got one book that was like, here is a model for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Seasonal, you know, proper. Well, you could have the odds. They could do the odd kind of, um, they could do both because they could do a theme faction um, expansion refix throwing a few extra models for, you know, I don't know, I was thinking of um, Storm of the North or a faction like that. And so that was a new theme that came through that came through CID that had new models, ad- adapted old ones, and brought a new theme to Trolls that was completely unlike what was around before. Yeah. Um, more of that could still happen alongside this. Um, yeah. O- opposite, uh, opposite it, perhaps opposite it. Maybe two of those in the winter and we get one of these in the summer. And- I, I just wouldn't want to see... The single faction stuff all the time. I like no, no, this yeah. idea. No, I like I like this return to kind of uh, seasons, epochs, as it were. You know, the storyline and the models being driven by the narrative somewhat. But now, okay, you, you're saying you want to see um, models being driven by the narrative. Um, Never I'm, been the I'm, case, I'm, is it? I'm going to raise something that's potentially controversial um, that that a lot of people kind of occasionally raise and then the world goes, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. Um, And it's something that happens in an awful lot of competitive games that over time, uh, they they achieve a level of cruft in their system. Um, Cruft? Yes. Where Property Press does the organised play system for this. And there's clearly a little tinkering that's going on but how would we feel if in future as part of a season of say um, uh, why going? steamroller or a season of whatever tournament format they go with things were rotated out so that's kind of mooted around um what's it called the uh, uh the selected models for a season that's already exists they kind of do a little bit champions of that, yeah. yeah, yeah, it exists in lots of games where they have a standard meta and then they have like a, a legacy meta for older models and so. Oh, You're about card games, though, aren't you? Well, it's not just card games. There are other examples of it as well, but yeah, dominantly card games. X-wing now has the hyperspace format, so there's only oh, yeah, only certain ships are allowed at official tournaments now. Uh, you can't have your full collection unless it's a an extended format event. I, I don't know that. I yep. think this would split the player base, and I think it's already quite low as it is. 
to to really i don't know maybe it wouldn't maybe everyone would just play standard then uh what would be standard or that models the, the that season's models mm. i don't know i mean they're already the die hard so i guess but i do like the idea the only problem there is that you then have to get into that thing where you have to buy the next season's models to be able to play you know, and I thought the idea behind War Machine was your models were always going to be playable in in brackets, but they are pretty. I was to say they will always be playable in your games at home, in down the club. Mm. But if you're going to a Proteer Press organised event, let's say they wanted you know, the, the armies at that point to represent the current timeline, so you'd still have access to you know your Winter Guard. You'd still have access to your Temple Flame Guard, as you bog standard Menoth troopers, you'd still have access to whatever Signal has as mainline infantry. I don't know these days. Uh, just crap, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trenches. Trenches. They'd have access to trenches. All the trenches, all the time. Oh, dear God. Cloud walls. This is a mistake. Back away. Back away. Um, but yeah, you'd still have access to like a core of stuff to build your army around. But then they said, okay. Uh, for this campaign, um, you know, the army has no access to juggernauts or spriggans or something like that. How, how yeah. would you feel? Because you're positing the question, but how would you feel in this? I, I mean, honestly, I have a large enough collection. I could pretty much work around anything you put out there. Um, un unless you said, um, I've got to take, oh... I keep forgetting the name of them. The one with Cognifex siphoning. Oh, Convergence of Cirrus. No. <laughs> the ones who play for Cricks as well. Mm. Oh, um, um, oh, fucking hell. The Brute. Cephalix. 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 Thank you. Um, we, we played this game. We know it. It's all good. Yeah. I, I know the word. I just keep forgetting it every time I get to it. Um, so if they said you got to play Cephalix, I'd be there going, uh, that means a lot of gluing. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take a few months off. Uh, no, actually, I'll take my my shonky half a collection of Signar and play that for the next few months, um, or, or bring the Kador out of retirement, wheel that in in bits, and just go. There we go. Okay, I haven't bought a model for this since 2014. Let's see how this goes. Well, that's the other thing as well. Availability of models. I mean, I know Bob's taken over Private Press for Europe, but there would have to be. A better availability to you know get hold of your stuff. Um, what do you think? There's probably availability in most parts, there. Uh, uh, yeah, shops. I mean, mainline shops. There are oh, physical uh, shops because of the le length of the range and that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, it's and if uh, uh, if I was going to say, um, now that I'm back to buying models like a a normal person, sadly, um. Uh, I have, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, yeah, I know. I have yet to find anything that I haven't been able to buy. Yeah, you, found, you haven't been able to find anything that you haven't been able to buy? Hmm? Yes, that made so much sense. Uh, okay, the, well I, 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 I haven't seen any supply issues in anything I'm going to buy so far. No, I haven't, but then I've been buying a brand new faction mostly, so I wouldn't, would I? Well, it's like I, I managed to, even like a few weeks after they released, I managed to get my hands fairly easily on three of the new arcanists and three of the new gunners and every mercenary player i know is buying three of each uh, so, new stuff new stuff's always been easier to find though hasn't it yeah eh, it depends but the yeah shiny's generally been quite good i mean it does go out of stock but the new shiny does um it's generally restocked fairly quickly and you can get it again 
I mean, obviously, you've always said mobbying. Hobbying is an expensive, you know, pastime. So Having bought bought an entire army since last July, I'm acutely aware of this. Mm. (laughs) I would would say that the prices have, you know, I mean, obviously, with inflation, gone up. Uh, I I mean, I I did very much feel the pinch when I had to buy my new... uh, Models. It's, it, is, it is one of the elements that people, when there is a standard thing that people do look at, is the cost when they think, hmm, I can just play my legacy thing. But then again, if it's uh, if it's only, if it, you know, if you're saying people will still get the experience down a club, but how many clubs are there as opposed to how many tournaments there are? And, you know, I don't there's more, know. There's more tournaments again than there were, I would mm. say. Um, we've now got to the point where you can go and play any way you like most weekends again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if you're willing to travel, up and down, in the UK, this is. Um. Regular clubs, as I was, as I was saying, like, there, aren't, there are tournament venues, yes, but other regular clubs. They, there are in, like, Bristol and a few other areas. Because they, I'm fortunate but, to live in the areas where I certainly have two or three I have easy access to. Yeah. Days of the week I'll, are the challenge, but that's my issue, not, not the club. I, I will say, another, the, the clubs have retracted into Heartlands and they've sort of kind of solidified. But we've been over this before. Um, yeah, but this pro this is something that comes up when you propose something like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, um, you have to think of availability of the of, of the game for the people to play, and it does split the player base whenever you do see models and stuff, or or in my experience, cards anyway become you know rotated out or changed. Um- I mean, you, you say it splits the player base, but at the same point, does it not make it a more approachable for a newbie? Yes, but uh, is this is this uh, their attempt then to if, if this suggestion has it has it has this suggestion actually been? No, no. no the, the, this this is me going off the top of my head. Good lord! No, the, the, I'll, I'll make this very clear. This is not a privateer policy. This is not something they've suggested they're doing. This I is not something it, it looks like they're doing. I can this, see it in the future. This is something that has just been a consistent, occasional suggestion as long as I've been playing the game. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because... Yeah, well, I've the, heard it before. Well, I mean, people in Mark II saying, well, hang on. Time is... Too There's too much. There's too much stuff. It, it wasn't even that. There were people in Mark II saying, hang on, time has moved on. Surely some of the units now, they just wouldn't recruit into anymore. They'd use the newer versions. And there's something like that. Um... I kind of guess you're right. Militaries do over time. It's like eventually in real world militaries, cavalry was kind of phased out and replaced with tanks. And you kind of have that progression of stuff. Um, wow. We still got the tanks and the horses in this world. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yes. You, because we often see large cavalry charges taking place, sweeping across the plains of the world today. No, I was talking about the war machine. world. <laughs> You've got oh, okay. tanks and you've got horses. Cavalry is a different thing in the real world these days, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You have exists, exists, but yeah. different. You mm. haven't really got your traditional tank in War Machine, though. I I've don't know. One. I've got one. Actually, I've yeah, the, the railless interceptor, that, that is the closest yeah. thing we've got. Um, yeah. But, I mean, right. even uh, you've got, like, the gun carriage, which is still horse-drawn. Um yeah, it, Trolls, it, war wagon. Yeah, yeah. Which it, which is drawn by tuffalos. Oh, and no, it's so good. And then you got like <laughs> the man of war chariots, which yeah, I get, they're nuts. Get, mm, get to they're see almost <laughs> they're steam powered horses. <laughs> uh, they're the best of both worlds. 
Oh dear. So, yeah, I don't know. It just, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I just brought that up as kind of throwing that out there, just seeing what particular you know things that uh, unearthed in the room. I think it would be about. disappointing if it happened. If you, I think it was, I quite like the way, especially coming back into it. And I still feel like I've, I've, I've only just come back into it in some respects. Um, I quite like the way that you can play anything. Mm. And, and army lists learning to build army lists is a whole new thing all over again um i still haven't got it right um who does but um <laughs> i think yes it could make it easier if you have a restricted list if you have restricted selection but at the same time you kind of want to be able to i don't know it, it, you could argue it's kind of already happened in some ways because the theme forces kind of generate that don't they so yeah look at what sells secondhand and what doesn't and then anything that's older doesn't partly because it's already owned i suppose but partly because even if you're a new player going into a faction you're not going to want to go and buy all that old stuff you're going to want to buy selected bits of it and the new hotness and that's almost true of all factions now yeah so the, there are an awful, it's already happened there are an awful lot of people who kind of coming into the game go okay what's the hot new list oh it's this well i guess i'll buy that then mm. yes and, or, and, and I, then then when that alters they go oh okay I can use the, reuse these bits. I'll just add these. And then slowly over time, you build that collection into something that's kind of flexible. But if you've got a list that existed in that way three years ago and you try and sell it secondhand now, it doesn't. You can't give it away. Yeah. For the exact, for the exact same reason. You just can't because it doesn't... It's not, it's not just because it's not the new hotness. It's because it doesn't add anything to the current kind of... I don't know. It would work if... It, without the internet, you could probably sell it as is, but it's because we're in this, in this media age, you, you can find out what works, what doesn't work fairly, yeah, fairly easily in a way. You can anyway. Make, making stuff viable was always the ethos, though, behind the game to make sure that models, I, and it didn't work. Uh, you know, some models always stayed on the shelves, but I, well, I mean, uh, the, the, the aim of someone like Property Press in in trying to achieve balance, um is there's been many discussions of this one the aim should generally not be to make everything balanced against everything because that generally creates a boring game but to have enough creative imbalance that you're constantly rotating through what is good and what's not mm. well look at um also also you've got you've got meta which plays a part at that point as well so yeah where i thought you're gonna go so nine slayers that's a quite a good example of something that um, that rocked the meta internationally and almost disappeared again. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, and and that was with a staple jack. I mean, the juggernaut was exactly the same as well at one stage, or Mad Dogs, which was a newer thing at the time. Uh, I was, was going to say, if, if you notice, every time one of those all jack lists comes to the fore, either they release a model that just annihilates that thing, or they go into CID and go. Yeah, we're making it a point more expensive, or they'll tweak something that makes it but not quite as good. Nothing changed to stop Slayers, as far as I'm aware, apart from the meta itself. Yeah, I think Slayers was very much a reaction by the players going, "Okay, we weren't prepared for this, but now yeah. we are." No, yeah, hmm. and it's still it's still a tricky list to go into. Um, but the, the best response is a melee jack list to throw at it, really, because you negate most of the benefits. But trying yeah. to shoot it to death is hard work. But the, the meta itself tends to adapt anyway, doesn't it? But I thought CID was in a good place where it could look at models uh, again over yeah. 
Yeah, no, but look at mod rather than this, rather than put models on the shelves in rotation, but to look at a model in seasonal sort of uh, appraisals or to look at a, a segment of the faction and try and give it a buff again. You do, you do see it when inadvertently when you like in other systems when like we're saying we're comparing this to cards when new cards get released that make old stuff even better or make you look at something and then you see the price of those astronomically rise and as people clap yeah. hand over fist to get them and it kind of artificially creates that that need but those mod with war machine going back and looking at those models that you know you could see like you say the ebay listings that would sell and those that would sit there yeah you know it's all dependent on timing um but I, I i think you'd lose that a little bit that 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 if you had rotating models oh i don't know maybe when they rotated back in or would they rotate back in are they just permanently going on the shelf uh, I, 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 I mean personally i thought i think if you were going to do it you'd kind of as it as it's a rotation rotate them out and in again maybe rotate them in again after they've had a cod or something because that's the thing if most things rotate in in games and again using car games because it's the only one really where i that i can think of at this point then they they get they're gone they're vaulted basically i mean um uh, it used to happen it used to happen in 40k when when, yeah. when events were comp so mm. that would be something that where where there would be limitations or restrictions placed with a, within a competition um within an event that would create that effectively in a similar way but I, i'd actually say it's happened with 40k in a broader sense um so what we've seen certainly down the years is that one edition's codex for um a, a, you know, an army will contain uh, models x y and z but the next one will contain only x and z and people go oh where's y gone and then like two editions later we're bringing y back with a new sculpt giving it yeah. just giving it just enough time for that old sculpt to completely fall off the face of the earth um yeah and then come i think i'm um, rocking i think games workshop are doing very much a similar thing to to um to privacy and press and they're not doing cid as such but they are reviewing listening they're yeah uh, approving every year they're adjusting points they're tweaking everything and i would say both games are in a similar place where it comes to comes to balance um neither are perfect but both are tweaking and both trying to achieve not perfect balance you say because because it's not chess you know you're not you've got identical pieces on both sides um, you have got a variety. You've got different abilities and, and buffs and debuffs and and um, synergies on both sides, and that's true for 40k in a different way. But it's true for 40k as well. It's uh, interesting things are happening to both games. In the same way, I, th I think this is an interesting topic. Definitely. Um, well, I was going to say we've talked about it for a while, so it must be. Yeah. Well, it's it's the it's kind of the idea of whether like Kurt's getting back into the game. I'm I'm still looking to try and find time to maybe go to one or two events this year, and I am you know going to the Welsh, but not in a playing capacity. Well, I, I would say um, I'm actually going to two events fairly soon. Um, I, I, I admittedly I have booked myself something of a kind of. Uh, a, a scream-worthy uh, time in the year um, because everything is clustered up all together. Um, I am going to a tournament in Warsaw and a tournament in Swindon um, in the I'll near keep, future. I keep meaning to check the dates of James's thing. I keep forgetting. Um, so the one in Swindon is the 4th of next month? Uh, yes. Uh, oh. 
so 4th of May. Um, so for those unaware, and uh, this is a bit of an advertorial spot, although, you know, Firestorm don't pay us. Um, Firestorm Games has opened a store in Swindon. James um, was on the James was on the not quite um, not quite elite cadre team, I seem to remember at the recent. Um, yes, the not so elite cadre. Confused um, the hell out of me. Yes. What? Oh, the team I was on at the uh, the Bristol team tournament, which we'll talk uh, about later, um, was called the not so elite cadre. Um, <laughs> yes, I was not on said team, but wow. it confused me when it got called out. Um, so, <laughs> so on the fourth of May. Um, at uh, Firestorm Games in Swindon, there will be a Steam Run event running. Um, it has space for players, I believe. Let, let, let me just check that. I think so. Um, but while I do that, uh, we also have another Steam Run event on the 27th of April. Um, that's in Warsaw. You can get tickets for that at tiebreak. Um, the ones for uh, Swindon are available at. Uh, the battlefields, which is the uh, Firestorm Games sort of organised play centre, and then we got the Welsh. Uh, there are eight tickets left oh, for, the, for the Steam Runner and Swindon, so they're about half gone. Um, uh, I'll double check if I've got children that weekend. <laughs> are you bringing models to the Welsh then, Mike? Because I thought we were going to all try and uh, get a uh, game on. Uh, Benj, we will finally have that game. Sweet. Be- because I, I I know that, like, one year I brought them and then you didn't want a game in the evening and then one year I brought them and then I was ill in the evening and went away. And, yeah. And then one year I went and it's like, oh, there's no Benj. Yeah, uh, that, that was that was a bad year. Uh, <laughs> Benj not here. Sadness. Um, For all. Well, yes. Oh, I, I doubt I always missed that much. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you, Benj, don't oh, I? Maybe by you guys, but nobody else remembers. <laughs> Just because I like someone there to talk to while I'm sort of wandering around looking at things going, why? Why would you do this? We generally do look in bemusement at a lot of things when when you're uh, watching a table going, what the fuck is this guy actually doing? Being paranoid about the judge sitting next to me, usually. <laughs> oh. oh, come on, you need it. Unless you're, unless you're drunk, you're probably cheating. This much, this much is true. <laughs> Both cases. <laughs> drunk, drunk. Um, I played better historically. This is this yeah. to prove it. Wow. Well, I think that's. Are you are you playing at the Welsh? I am. Well, I think you should get drunk. Well, yeah, I think I the, should. The in, the entire elite cadre team, all in one venue, madness. including Alex. No. At, at, at this point, I'm going to say Alex is on hiatus. Um, we wish you well, Alex. Yes. Yeah. yeah if, if he does ever come back to the game, I'm more than happy for him to come back to the podcast. Same goes for Nick. Nick's even discussed starting painting again, which is weird. I saw that. Um, yeah. Which is fine. Actually, we, I mean, we, 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 we could have that discussion about painting at some point. Um, although probably not tonight because uh, whew, this has already gone on a while. Yeah. Um, how, how, how long are we into this? Can we just talk about your like tournament victories and... Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 victories. World oh, domination. My. Wait, wait. Yes. No, aren't you winning stuff again? No, God, no. Oh, okay. uh, so we'll, we'll have a brief one. So um, Bristol hosted the Bristol team tournament uh, just a few weeks ago. I'd, I'd like to give it some frame of reference. Bristol. When I go to Bristol for for um, tournaments, it's usually about twelve people sat around with a lot of kind of you know space and 
uh, and time to play upstairs in yeah, the final little cubby hole upstairs. You, you get yeah, twelve to six, sixteen player steamroller, and everyone has a thoroughly lovely day and a nice lunch break, and then we all go home and go. Wasn't that nice? Um, yes. This was an eleven-team tournament of five players per team in Bristol, right. um, and I, I sat there thinking. How are 55 people going to get in that venue? That's just madness. Then I turned up. Not only have they got the 55 downstairs, but they got the 55 downstairs with a spare row of tables. Yep. Then halfway through the day, some more players turned up. Excuse me. Some more players turned up and they went, oh, we'll, we'll just open the back. Open and the shutters, mate. Open and the shutters. A, and a shutter gets opened to another, like, six to eight tables. And apparently there was another event going on upstairs. So that's a venue that is far bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, me too. Wait, is exactly this, the same. Is this big? In, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. It didn't feel that big when I was there. Jeez, no, it doesn't. Christ. Yeah. There were, the, they got 50 players playing at once with a spare row of tables and an extension into the back, and the upstairs was free. I think full kudos to Ryan. That was re- it was really good. Time yeah. was really good. So it was, t- it was tight. I would like more casual catch-up with people time, but... I mean, it was the fact that Ryan actually allowed the uh, the full hour on each side for the death clocks as well, yeah. which was, you know, the, Bristol doesn't normally do that. It wants to run tight shit, but that was like, you know, we need to get this done. Go. Um, yeah. Bar solution in Cardiff usually have 50 minutes and you go, oh, no. Full kudos to the store as well. Um, there was extra parking available for the day around the back of the store. Um and it was a cracking event. So it was run uh, WTC style um, in that you had, you know, list pairings and then the people who won the roll, uh, you know, if you won the roll off or lost, I can't remember, you got to choose your tables. I'm glad you then, understand that. And then another person got the advantage in the matchups they were picking. So it was kind of swings and roundabouts. Um, I'll go through my experience. I bombed out hard by losing three matches in a row with Gorton, but we got a bye. So. Cheating fiend. <laughs> yeah, I, I I played Gorton. Uh, let's see, I played Gorton into uh, Nenoff um, and lost on Scenario. Uh, that was Andy McBurney. What list? Uh, he's playing Harbinger. Yeah. Uh, about seven models died all game on oh. both sides. Oh, you told me that, yeah. Yeah, because my list was like, oh, you've killed the dwarf. Tough. Oh, you've killed the dwarf. Tough. Oh, you killed the dwarf. It respawns from the carrier. Yeah, I hate that. Especially his, the two of them. His list was, oh, you've killed the dwarf. Mm, I'll take D3 damage. Oh, you've killed the dwarf. Mm, I'll take D3 damage. And that just continued all game. We're sat there. It's like, I can't physically. And he just outmaneuvered me on scenario and and, and won handsomely, frankly. Um, uh, game two was another Menoth matchup against. So I've had Andy McBurney already. Now I get Paul Watson. Never oh. heard of him, obviously. Oh, you've never heard of the, the Paul Watson. No, nice, easy game. Uh, no, no, I'm playing Gorton again, except none of his stuff can be moved, which made me sad. I- I'm just going to say it now. Those initiates of the Order of the Wall for free are the most ridiculous free unit I have ever seen. Good. I didn't know they were out. Hmm. Yes, that. Oh, th- thanks for keeping up with me, Bench. That's uh, 
You're saying you're super interested there. Um, uh, uh, no, I'm tired. I am so tired. I've been up. It's been the weekend. He's, uh, yeah. He's I've a been up weekend. since five o'clock, I'll have you know, and I've been on the move since five o'clock. I am shattered. Oh, so a good uh, five hours of wakefulness then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, um, so I, I wanted to, I can't, I'm trying to remember who the caster was. Uh, I want to say Civi 2. Good. Yeah, he's he's the one that does. The, he, he's so, the one. That, he's the one that does damage to the control area for the feet. And he stood me. on all his mates. Yeah, in the model was. Yes, Benj. Sorry, damage for the control area. Elaborate. What? Sorry, that's um, that's Harvey two. That's Harvey. The that's, Harvey two. No, so Harvey it's D, it's D three plus two models in the control area are damaged. Oh yeah, I think that is that is Sevy two. He's he's okay. on the mound of people. That's all yeah. I remember. I know. Yeah. I, I've only played Sevy two like once or twice. So, uh, yeah, he, he brings that list, and I, I, I'm i in an okay position, but clock out. Um, so he has way better clock management than I do, and yeah. Final game was against... Final uh, game? Yeah, because I had a bye as yeah. well in here. Final game was against Rich Dean, um, where uh, he brought Go on, a, make something up. Go on, make something up. <laughs> Did he cheat? No, he bought a Cray army that was frustrating to fight against because when you have speed four troops um, and you're constantly going, and I'm going to put a wall in front of them, um, that causes power 12s if you cross it. You sat there going, uh, by the way, all my jacks are cavalry as well. Yay. Oh, that cavalry thing is just nuts. I know. Um, I was very close to shooting one off the board on round one because he didn't. <laughs> I, I don't think he quite respected that the the Ogren assault corps plus two gun bunnies. That's an awful lot of damage for a light warjack to take in one go. So it was a single POW seventeen ranged attack plus two boosted POW twelves. Um, nearly took a light off the table. Um, and it was an interesting match, and he kind of got because he, he started scoring earlier on scenario he managed to get to a point where he could like throw my jack away from a flag and just come up with the win from it um so it, it but it was going to be very frustrating to me to get in properly at that point anyway so yeah that was that list cool how about you Kurt? um i played with the extra inquisition team nobody expects the extra inquisition um <laughs> With Rich Dean, as you played, so we played you last. Um, I used to get four games. We were expecting a bye because we were bottom of the table uh, by, I don't know, probably the first round. So we kept thinking we were going to get a bye, but apparently they weren't doing it that way. It was a random draw. Um, I first played... Uh, I, wrote it I put it down. Why did I put it down? Stop throwing things on the floor. I played... Oh, yeah, I played Dan in the first round. So, yeah, got to about um, halfway through the first round, and I get... Uh, I think it was Ant come up to me and, and, and talking to me here going, no pressure, but you need to win now because two of them had already lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, thanks. Um, so I was playing Dan into Retribution and into Syria. Is that her name? Float the girl. Float Syria. Her. Yeah. It is Syria. Um, and uh, yeah, he took me apart fairly well because, um, of course, it removes a lot of the range shooting abilities of any army. She's very good at that. Um, and uh, wanted to put blinding light on one too many things in, I don't know where we got to. Um, the scenario was fairly evenly matched, but I, I was losing on attrition. 
And then he put her a bit too far out, and I thought, I think I can probably have some fun with this, and used a um, trancer to knock a mechanic straight. He put a trance, put a mechanic in front of her to protect her, quote unquote, and I slammed her straight through. I'm like, <laughs> is she mean to knock down? Is she mean to? Because she's kind of floating. Is she mean to knock down? No, 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 she's not. Are you sure? He checked. She was like, no, no, I mean, to like, fine. Trancer's gonna walk to here. Slam done. And then Rocket Men all went, we'll leave combat and just go and killed um, her. So I was very grateful. I was thinking, happy now. I'm not going to lose all my games. I've won one. <laughs> Job done. Um, and the rest of my team probably lost all their games. Um, although Rich was doing really well, but uh, um, I think he lost some clock, but he was doing well up until the point as far as I remember. But um, second game was um, into was into Rob playing his Kador and that was into Old Witch 2. Um, I played Old Witch 2 before in Grimkin, but I've never played her in Kador. And that was an experience. Um, she's she's quite horrible. Um, especially when she can just ex- reduce the range, well, reduce the range of everything, especially when she feats, and you suddenly go, well, everything everywhere is minus four, five range, is it? Yeah, something like that. It's just, yeah, nothing could hit anything. Um, I died. Um, See, the, the one time I've played against an old witch too, um, she did that and I went, okay, um, my Kayazi charge you. Uh, okay, and uh, and and my Mangler charges you as well. Uh, and wrong line Snapjaw. Like, do you have any ranged weapons? Kelbaylock. <laughs> yeah, I played Crucible Guard. Everything has a ranged gun with lots of weird and wonderful different shooting. Oh, none of them can reach it. Okay. I could shoot this kind of. No, that doesn't help. See, she's from Kador. The only gun that exists in Kador is a man with an axe who brings the axe to you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I did. Um, I did whittle some jacks down, but no, it wasn't enough, and things died. Yeah. Um, so um, lost on, um, just died. Uh, <laughs> I, can't assass- just I can't remember if I got assassinated or what happened. It wasn't. I don't think it was. Um, I think I did lose on scenario in the end. I lost yeah. to death. Did you just block black out? Like, did you just and then wait? Yeah, things and things like, died horrendously to the point where scenario was even and even, and then suddenly shifted. Come to think of it, now I think about it, it was just uh, yeah. Suddenly shifted around. Um, we played the Bristol guys next, the guys I played with um, in the sort of little Bristol events. Um, and I played Luke with Kader again, and he was threatening to play Old Witch just for a laugh. So I told him I just played Old Witch. Um, <laughs> in the end, he put Iris 2 on the table. And um, uh, similar kind of thing. It was fairly kind of tight on attrition and, and hard fought. One thing it did gut me afterwards is I was thinking he was protected behind, behind cloud walls because the chariot was putting clouds down to protect Iris on one side and then a juggernaut was pricked him on the other. And only, I think in the evening or in the car on the way home, I went, wait, wait a minute, I could make my Vulcan see through clouds. What the hell was I doing? <laughs> Don't. I, I could have put four fully boosted Vulcan power 14s fully boosted into Iris, who was sat on two, I think, at Aww. one point. He would definitely have died. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, because hot shocks are all those four would be boosted damage rolls. Um, uh, yeah, um, but I died. Um, and then uh, last game I played um, James um, in uh, what was the team called? Uh, not quite elite card racing. Like mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then he oh my god, he put um, Sloan on the table with sixty-eight hunters and <laughs> forty-five. It's not a legal list. You can just take. Apparently, it is. In the current theme forces, if you take one hunter, you get sixty-seven free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, 
But only for the first hunter. For the next hunter, you get 65 free. <laughs> the only way in which I wouldn't have horrendously died is if I backed up off my edge of the table. Oh, the way that you said that just made it sound so authentic. <laughs> it felt like 67 hunters. And Ace as well. Uh, oh, uh, Ace is just unpleasant. I, me- I was mega hunter. Facing uh, Rich Dean with uh, Kane Zero and Ace, that was... Yeah, that's what it was. Like, yeah, uh, yeah so I'm going to uh, trick shot. Okay, and then Kane's going to come in and trick shot and another trick shot. Unsat the game. How many trick shots? Will you please stop shooting Thor? I can only tough so many times. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it was a good way of killing Rocketman, though. You just go, I'll I, I boost to hit that one, but that'll kill two. I'm like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it did cause me, that, that game in particular caused me to go away because that was, I, I should have probably put my my Gearheart sort of more anti Signal down because I played Signal against Signal probably more than anything lately. And, but that's caused me to go away and rethink my Gearheart list. Hence why I'm painting uh, more uh, more people. Um, um, yeah. And rethink my Sylvester list as an a alternative, a more significant alternative rather than almost the same list with a few tweaks. Yeah. No, I had a really good day, though. It was awesome. I, I, winning the first game is a good way to start, I always find. But sometimes that consequence is that you go up the table and then just get pounded. But <laughs> In a it team, was fun. Surely, it was a really good day. Surely that shouldn't have been an issue in a team tournament did they just then no. expect you to carry the whole day no no it didn't happen no because obviously the, the other four members of my team lost the first game so we went down so yeah uh, it wasn't yeah. an issue um yeah. it was a really good day it was, it was a fantastic round uh, i will say from um feedback that ryan's had which was extremely positive um and rightfully so he did a really yeah. good job um it looks like he'll be running either some kind of tournament that's the same size but standard steamroller or some kind of tournament that's the same size but still team in about six months time that'd be good i must say the team tournaments any of them are the best kind of tournaments it's just a, I enjoy them the they, they feel they, they feel like a little less pressure yeah. Um, although I, I will say to all the team captains out there, because I'll inevitably be murking at some point, um, please, for the love of God, stop giving me men off. Every time I get to a team tournament, they're like, okay, here's your pairing. Okay, I asked for not men off, and you've given me men, men off. off. Right out. <sighs> Maybe they I, just really have faith in you to deliver. I just keep getting thrown under the Menoth bus every single time. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's fair enough, and it's usually a fun day, but just sitting there against the faction that likes to say no all day is the worst. How many Menoth games did you have? Uh, two out of my three. Ouch. Yeah, and I believe the last tournament I went to, the uh, team tournament I went to, was a similar record. Um, I don't know why. they. I just keep getting fed into... Menoth. It's been a consistent thing. Menoth has been one... Like, while I may have hated Signar, Menoth was, <laughs> Menoth was the faction that I lost against the most. And I, I actually said this to Rich Dean. I said, well, these days, I don't mind Signar as much because they'll come out and play. They'll actually put stuff forward on the table and... It's, you can actually have a game against them. They're not standing behind a cloud wall. They're not Kane teleporting forwards and assassinating your caster from 37 billion inches away. You can actually play the game against them. Whereas Menoff says, uh, no, you, you, you can't move. Uh, you can't charge. Uh, you can't run. If you um, shoot me, I'm not going to be hurt by it. 
oh, if you shoot me, it's going to hit any one of these three initiates of the wall, um, who, mm -hmm. who at the moment are armor 21 and with five boxes and tough. And at the same time, this other jack will walk towards you. And are free. I'm Which just gonna awesome. say, I'm just gonna say that again. That that is a unit that really needs to be reconsiders as to whether that should be in the free slot, or whether you should be only able to take like a limited amount of them for free, like one. Um, nah, I'm good with it. It's fine. Shock. Um, I will say also that um, uh, order the wall guy on the horse. Yeah. I want to pick up that model and throw it at the, at the wall. It's just... <laughs> okay, one of them in the game I had against uh, Paul Watson stood there for, I think it was nearly three turns against two Warjacks and didn't die. I was uh, I was just building one of those tonight. <laughs> I'm not even joking. You're not even nice. Actually, no, I, I do know where... Well. Unless you've moved, I do know where you work, Bench. So, uh, yeah. if you're just walking out of work and suddenly find that one of your legs is broken, um, oh no! Yeah. If you buy it, buy it, and buy them, assemble them, and throw them at him. Yeah, they're quite <laughs> hefty. Yeah, plastic. Forget sock jacking; it's all about sock knighting. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, yeah, no. So, oh no, it's bronze backing. Uh, Rob a bank with a bronze back, with a, a sock full of. No, ex extreme titan gladiator but the original version in metal ah. that thing would probably also survive being thrown at someone mm. anyway uh, that was the bristol team tournament a good time was had by all yeah it was great. Uh, i was knackered for ages after that <laughs> i was pretty tired the rest of the weekend which is weird because it's only like three or four games but it's a whole day and it really takes it out of you wait wait mike would you rather play against grimkin than menoff yes Oh my lord! They're not as scary as they used to be, Grimkin. Spiders have all gone. Oh, okay. Well, they kind of the Arcana can kind of catch you out if you're half asleep, but it's not as they used to be ridiculously. I don't understand any of it, and and I'm kind of one with not understanding it now. And, and well, th th this is the thing. It doesn't help that Again, I have access to magic weapons in a lot of places now. With Grimkin, it feels like I'm actually playing the game. It feels like I am able to do things yes there are reactions to those things but it feels like there are models out there to be interacted with are you saying that menoth is the new cricks sounds like it i don't even think it's that i think menoth menoth is as i've always said the faction that likes to say no whenever you attack it that damage goes elsewhere whenever you want to charge it you can't whatever you if you want to move yeah you can move but you'll die and there won't be any like cost to the menoth models at all um at least Bastions are terrible these days. Can you imagine them in Mark Three if they were like they were in Mark Two? That's because it's got swapped with Cinerators, and Cinerators. Yeah, are oh, yeah, that's a good C point. So, um, I, I Cinerators I, I, were always shit when they just swapped yeah. them. Yeah, I, this is the weird thing. I don't think Menoth are too powerful. I, I think that's kind of like objectively proven to be not true. But what I would say is, Menoth are not necessarily fun to play against. And that, hmm. that, that, that's the part of the equation that I dislike. But then again, I'm not sure that they are meant to be a fun factor to play into. So no, but They've always been that, though. There's nothing you really need yeah. about what you said. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And the, the, I mean, there is kind of room for that in any game that you're going to have that one thing that just says no to everything. And doubtless there are other factions that people sit there at the moment and go, this is awful to play into. Why would I even bother playing this? Grimkin's right up there, I think, for a lot of people. But yeah. I, think, yeah. I think practice and exposure to it makes that go away a bit. Uh, I still have a problem with the Arcana and the idea that they can react, kind of. The Arcana, they're quite gotchery, but if you know it's going to yeah. happen and you're going to go, well, if I do that, you're going to spring that Arcana, so... Yeah, oh, I, just turn into, I just turn into massive uh, analysis paralysis because of because of the Arcana. So and if it. I'm practicing on the clock, even to the point before this tournament, the weekend before the tournament, I sent some pictures around. I played on, on the Saturday afternoon, or during the Saturday weekend before, I played two full games with my two lists against myself, against each other, those two lists, on the clock. And not just even to work out who would win and what was better, just for the practice of running both lists together. And um, aside from realising how badly a Vulcan can't be hurt by most of the um, most of the rest of Crucible Guard infantry, um, because they're immune to all the different alchemical effects, um, that aside, I find it really good for making me go, Stop thinking, just do stuff. I, I will say my clock discipline has gone to hell in Mark III. Um, what, what I may start doing at tournaments is just have a timer in front of me, separate to the chess clock, that's just like, I'm going to set seven minutes on this yeah, and, and try as much as I can to get my turn done in like that. old school, yeah. Because looking at the chess clock, you get this false impression of how much time you've got. Because you, um, sit, you, yeah. you sit there and go, oh, I've got 45 minutes, that's plenty of time. And then you spend like 12 minutes on your turn. And then all of a sudden that's changed very much what the dynamic of the rest of the game is. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think practice. I think playing on the clock all the time. I think playing, practicing those first two turns. There's nothing really wrong. It sounds weird. It sounds like what I set up to try and do was to practice my deployment on the clock and practice that first turn, move up, unpack, whatever you want to call it, yeah. on the clock. And I started looking to do that, and then I went, you know what, why don't I just play more of it to get more of an understanding of how things interact, how things move, because you learn by through games, and you can fake that. I was quite surprised how well it worked. Um, I still lost most of my games, I'll fully admit that. But um, I definitely had more confidence on the clock. I didn't time out at all. I was nowhere near timing out, um, particularly, on any of it, because I was used to just moving those units of models, groups of models. I mean, you are now with your list, because... I would think because you played those lists in a similar way for a while now, haven't you? But um, well, variation. The, Mac the, the McBain list is pretty much all new. It's, it's got some kind of a standard core, but I, I didn't actually put that one on the table at all. Um, the, the Gordon list, yeah, I'm fairly familiar with how that's going to go on the table. That takes a couple of minutes. Although that said, the next tournament I go to, I've already come up with a Magnus 2 list that's going to be replacing one of the lists I played at Bristol. Um, I think practicing deployment is is just awesome, just worth its weight in gold. It's just it's because you learn if you're learning at an event, it's I don't know, it's hard le hard lessons, isn't it? I, I, I will say there is a downside to practicing deployment, and I've come across this in in the last event I played in scenery. Uh, yes, it is. So I deployed in my standard way for one of my games without. I've gone over the scenery with my opponent. I knew the layout of the table. I knew where I was. Then I deployed in my standard deployment and realized on turn one, oh dear. So you need to do it on a table that you throw fairly random scenery out yeah. and move it around each time. And, and that's what I did. So I kind of, yes, I have fairly standard deployment, but you've got to be open to flexible, yeah. being flexible, don't you? 
I mean, I, I did. I didn't do it after that game, but you do need to watch yourself. Just in, uh, it's like I, I, I put the the forge guard directly behind rough terrain. Oh, and oh it's that, dear. It's that's that a bad day. That's going to be a miserable day. I mean, the, the first game they're behind. At least you got Piper or something, yeah. Yeah, the first game they're behind scenery. The second game, um, they got. Uh, is it rebuke? The, well, the, they can't the, receive orders. Yeah. So, so dwarves that can only advance are the, <laughs> are the worst things in the world. <laughs> Keep up, lads. Oh God. I spent the entire game walking into a Menoth Ark node and being repelled. Oh, so much fun. So, yeah. Anyway, I think we've spent enough time on that one, and we can probably go for any other business. So, Benj, any other business? I've been watching the uh, Netflix uh, Korean zombie thing. Oh, uh, is it good? Drama. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, it's a it ends on a horrific cliffhanger because it's uh, they didn't they were over budget and over time apparently, uh, and but then they it, it was popular enough that there is going to be a second season, but that cliffhanger is awful. Like it's it's the worst one I have ever like. It, it not you you really want to know, you really like the characters and you really want to know what's what's it called again? Uh, it's called Kingdom. Right, uh, which is kind of weird because I thought originally, because at the same time there was a there's another Korean zombie movie set in a feudal career called uh, Rampant, and I thought it was one and the same thing, but it wasn't. And that that looks like an awesome movie, and I really want to try and pick that up. But this is the series you watched, isn't it? The series I watched on Netflix was yeah. Kingdom. Yeah, and yeah. I need to try and figure out when the DVD is coming out for Rampant. Because that looks fun as well, um, but it's it's really well done. The acting's really good. Um, I don't know much about Korean dramas, but they say that it's got like the best of both worlds and of Korean, Korean dramas certainly have a very loyal following. I'll put it that way. Mm. I'm a fan of Korean horror. Uh, Tagwood Park and what such like. Yeah, I, I um, it it does it does the horror quite well. You see, you see. It, you, you go ah some, at some points, but the the whole the whole you think that our times are pretty stupid. Whenever there's a zombie apocalypse, it, it's really funny re- re- seeing a class system react to a zombie apocalypse. It's funny like that. It's it's, it's really good, um, uh, and that's the only thing really that I've seen lately that has kept me glued to the seat as it were through all six episodes in quick succession so i would cool. recommend it i might check that out hmm? is it dubbed or subtitles uh you, you can take your poison the nice. dub is, the dub is hilarious oh dear <laughs> it's really oh dear. bad and, and if you watch it with the subs as well uh they don't they don't match well, that's quite which, common though that's yeah what I've it is, it is really irritating. Like, I'm, more I'm irritating. Guess, I'm guessing what you'll find uh, somewhere around there, there'll be two subtitle tracks. One for uh, hard of hearing, one for um, the actual subtitles. Yeah, they also have audio descriptive in Korean, though, which... <laughs> well, uh, Netflix are trying to break Asia. So, yeah. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, I, I will say, um, I did watch... Uh, oh, what was it? Psychopaths which is an anime series on uh, Netflix and didn't realize initially that the subtitles I selected were for the uh, hard of hearing. 
So what I was seeing was effectively what is termed in the industry dub titles, um, wow. which are ever so slightly different. I will say that Psychopaths was still really, really good, even with that. Um, but yeah, w- watch out for Netflix because you may have more than one subtrack. Uh, good tip. And the other thing is, it's the end. Of, I know nobody really cares here, but it's the end of the epoch with the current storyline for magic the gathering with the next set that's coming out which uh, looks really fun and the trailer went viral and got picked up by a lot of new people interested in the game and got uh, because it, they actually did a full cgi trailer and it showed at pax and it was a really good video what i will say to uh people interested in magic the gathering uh, don't listen to our podcast is <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I encourage those people to, li- to listen to a podcast uh, and get involved in gaming communities. Um, but what I want you to do is go to a Magic the Gathering tournament and instead of taking a deck of cards, uh, just take your wallet, slap that down on the table, and go, I win. Uh, I thought you were gonna say take some for a breeze, <laughs> actually. Yeah, no, that's Yu Gi Oh! So, for those who are out there, Yu Gi Oh! has introduced a rule no, into its competitive rule set that now says that players are expected to wash. Um, that is uh, true of all games. Wow. Now, I, I will say that as someone who runs an anime convention, one of the things we do is every opening ceremony, we announce to people that you, you wash are, people. You are, <laughs> you are expected to not present um, undue amounts of body odor. Uh, to the rest of the attendees, what we encourage is people to take a shower every day. And every day? Yes, no. every day. <laughs> and, and, also, and also, we advise them that um, deodorant is not a replacement for a shower. What is their response to this uh, advice? Poppycock! Most people are absolutely fine with it, but there are some people who take um, undue umbrage um to that kind of thing um because we are fed up of their shit um quite frankly i did i have actually threatened people uh before now um i will bring in some febreze and febreze you if you keep hanging around me i think it's one of the worst stigmas gaming has and it's all it's not forced though is it it's not it's, it's just it should just what is wrong with people so at, it's the uh, way from uh, home thing. It's the, I, am, I am not going to name names, all right? But at least one Ooh. national masters and at least one Welsh masters. I have walked around that event and there have been, and there's been multiple people uh, and, and it, it's changed for different events. Uh, there have been multiple people who have had BO so bad that, okay, I don't really have a sense of smell, but I could taste the bo in the air mm. oh, just, oh, it's in the air right so that quite frankly is at the point where you should be taken outside and pressure washed frankly um it, it is not acceptable you know really if, horrible, if, it is. If, if you are going to go out in public um at least make yourself somewhat presentable. I realise that there are, and, and, and I'm just going to say this now, that I realise there are genuine medical conditions that can cause this, but people with those conditions usually have some kind of you know, mechanism where they can 
reduce what they're doing in public to a certain point that it's not offending everyone around them. Um, here I am talking to the people, specifically those who think it's acceptable to go to like three and four day events, live out of their car, and not change their clothes for the entire event. And you can tell. They might say, oh no, it's fine, I'll just get some more links and spray that on. You can tell. Okay. Sorry, sorry. I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet over that one. So you know, so, it's, yeah. it is it is an important thing because it is a stigma that never seems to go away from gamers that personal hygiene just non-existent. Yeah, and I'd say ninety-nine point nine percent of people they're fine because okay, they they might not necessarily share every day, but they at least know how to keep um, keep things under control. Shall we say? Um, but yeah, a anyone who thinks for that for like more than two days, deodorant is a shower. No, please leave. Ew. Yeah. So more and more game stores have adopted that. Um, you must uh, shower and deodorize before coming in as a as a policy, and now Yu-Gi-Oh as a game has adopted it. Uh, and quite frankly, um, if that turns people off the game and makes them go away, all the better. I mean, I must say, I saw some Yu-Gi-Oh cards the other day. The amount of text that's on those cards. Oh, Japanese TCGs are hilarious. I know. So they, they have, they have. You can tell when a, when a, a TCG is Japanese because, first of all, all the numbers on the card that they're like the yeah the the health and attack or whatever values have an unnecessary amount of zeros on the end. Yeah. So there's never anything that's like. 15 four. of this 4 of this, no A 4 will become 4,000 because 9,000 It's over the, nice. the art will be huge And beautiful And there'll be foil versions that look spectacular And then there'll be a text box At the bottom With the tiniest English writing available Into which they have crammed A thesis So I have played some of these games And I've sat there across the table and with my glasses on, I have 2020 vision. I have no idea what's in that text box. It's it's even worse when they then start adding icons, tiny, tiny icons as well. Yeah. You can't really distinguish them from the other icons. And then there's so many interactions. Uh, I don't know, Japanese, why they do that. It's it's actually the reason why I didn't get into, uh, is it Rush Force? Uh, yeah, or Force of Will, or any of them, really. Yeah, had a um, a set for Fate, which is you know, I I I quite enjoy the Fate universe; it's really good. Um, but this was just like I, I'm sat there going, "This is incomprehensible. What's going on? What's happening? No, right? I'm off. See you. I'm done. I, I know when I'm in a bad game, and that it may well be very enjoyable, but the way it's set out is appalling." Anyway, good. Any 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 other business, Benish? No, I'm good. Okay, fair enough. Kurt, hello. Any other business? Uh, we already did the tournament. I'm painting up uh, a second unit of Crispy Guard Stormtroopers. That's the big, heavily armored guys with the guns. Ooh. Um, as we speak, I'm, I'm doing some basing, but I've painted a lot of them this evening. Um, uh, I also have uh, just because I was just having kind of playing to strengths with Gearheart. How can I make Gearheart better? Okay, and the assault troopers. Well, I've got them because they're in the initial box. They're not as good. They have kind of um, better defensive tech, but yeah. So I'm painting them. 
I'm also painting a dwarf in sheep's clothing, which is um, um, the alternate sculpt from the um, army crate from Private Press of of um, Gorman Dwarf, who is a rogue alchemist, obviously part of Christopher Guard as well as being a mercenary. And it's a uh, alternative sculpt of him being a girl in a sheep's onesie, which is <laughs> she's awesome. I like yeah. her a lot. She's going to be my staple since I get finished because they're fully tilted, so I'm illegal. Yeah. If um, anybody has, is still subscribed to Mini Crate, did the ones for last month ship yet? Have Which one's that, Ben? Stylus. Uh, I don't have Silas yet. I've just had Raggedy Mandy. Okay. I, uh, I was yeah. wondering whether I missed Silas. So, up just after the day. Uh best thing you can do is uh i'll i'll see if i can get you steve's email address okay i i tried the the old uh, press gang one i got no response uh i know steve's personal email address so okay. well steve's work email address rather so uh again for reference someone who works with cerberus in the uk who deals with the european distribution of mini crate so um he has the list and i've been able to redirect my mini crates to work through him Okay. So, um, but I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll give you that, and you can get in touch with them. Thanks. Um, the other yeah. things I'm painting are uh, the um, Hellboy. The board game has uh, arrived while I was on holiday, so I came back to find that at my neighbours, um, and I've already started spraying up two trays. There's tons of models, so many figures, uh, but the the, um, the hero models are awesome. The only ones I've looked at in really detail: Hellboy and the traditional characters, um, Liz and, um, I can't remember the names, um, and Abe, and they're just really, really good. They're really nice models. Are, th- are they more like the sort of, uh, the original movie sculpts? Or, no. or are they more like the comic? More like the comics. Ooh, I mean, okay. Although, although Hellboy, the original movie, was extremely closely modelled on the comics, so... Yeah, uh, but, but, but the, uh, from what I've seen of the comic, there's a very uh, distinctive, angular look. Yes. Um, somewhere in between, though, because it's very difficult to have a three D render version of that angular look. Yeah, so I would say okay. I would say the Hellboy that I've got, um, which I could show you, uh, but obviously it's not very good for radio. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it, it, you could argue it's either. It doesn't look unlike Ron Perlman, uh, but it is sculpted around. It's sculpted around the um, around the comics. Um, the other characters are much more comic oriented. So Abe is less of the blue Abe, more the green Abe from the comics. Um, mm more fish-esque, less kind of otherworldly. Um, and um, the vapour smoke guy, whose name is now just vanishing from my head, is much more like the comics, much more like almost like a glass balloon, blown balloon kind of, glass blown kind of figure, rather than the semi-mechanical thing that he did in the, in the second movie. But equally awesome, really cool. Um, all the bad guys, really well, considering that you've got like, I don't know, two dozen soldiers and and 15 frogmen and um, loads and loads of stuff. It's it's a lovely set. And I got the kick, it's Kickstarter. So um, they showed that there's a YouTube channel from Mantic of um, of them opening the Kickstarter box, but they show you the retail box next to it. And it, it would be disheartening to buy the retail versions of this game. I okay. Think. Fair it, enough. Uh, it's so standard. Re- the retail is a standard size game type box. Uh, uh, yeah. Miniature box square. Yeah. Like, it, like all the game boxes are now. Square, two or three inches high, three inches high. The the box that I've got from the Kickstarter, they've made it longer than wide because they wanted it to fit in the IKEA square kind of shelving units. 
and they've said that as part of the claim, but it nearly doesn't fill it. But you could only put you could put one more box on top of it if you're lucky. So the expansion <laughs> that might bring out will fit on top, but then that you that square is done. Oh, it's very lovely. nice. <coughs> very happy with it. Yeah, cool. How cool. about you? Um, well, let's see. All, all the hobby I've done this evening is um, glue up a flame bringer that I managed to destroy by dropping another model on it. So that was that was delightful. Um, <laughs> Since the last time we've been on air, I've done some more painting. So I've I now have a fully painted for my sins Ogren Assault Core. Um, I, I'm quite happy with those. Uh, also painted up the uh, Rock Ram. Uh, so now I've got one of those. And also because I was a glutton for punishment, um, I got the Steelhead Gunners, and pretty much the same day had them had two of them uh, undercoated and fully painted ready to go for a tournament the next day so wow um yeah they weren't painted like they weren't even assembled the night before the tournament so but i just kind of sat there and went you know what i i've got enough time i could finish those off you've got you've done a lot more painting lately Yes. Oh, well, what I plan to do over Easter as well is, because uh, I'm going back to the Midlands, actually take some of the stuff I want in my list for that with me um, and get some more stuff done for that. Because once you actually reach almost a critical mass for regularly played models, anything that you bring into those lists, you just sit there and go, yeah, but if I just do one more, I'm yep. fully painted. And then it becomes a lot easier when it's like two unpainted units, an unpainted cast, or three unpainted solos, and two unpainted jacks. It's like, nah, that's a lot of work. I can't be bothered. Yeah, uh, that's where I am. <laughs> <laughs> but w once you get to a certain point, you kind of start going, nah, just one model, it's fine. Um, yep, it what, what I've also found is that as I've gone on with more painting this year, admittedly, my time is extremely variable, so I'm in a bit of a lull at the moment. Um, as I've done more painting this year, actually getting a model from nothing to painted feels like a lot less effort. Um, just practice. It's just, yeah, I agree. It is. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, I mean, it, it doesn't matter how you paint or how, what's that, the level of detail you paint. That's true of all kinds of levels. You just... Hmm. You practice, you get into it, your techniques get cleaner. You start, you trust your hand more, I think. There's a level of that. Yeah. You trust where the brush will go, and, and you can paint more quickly on that, off the back of that, I think. Is, uh... well, one, one thing has actually radically changed the speed at which I can paint things in the last 12 months, um, and that was um, learning to paint inside out. It's, it's not yeah. something I'd ever done before, but once you've kind of learned how to do that and where to break it as well, which is kind of also important. Yeah, I agree. Um, but once you've learned to do that, suddenly you kind of, as you're putting on those first couple of colors, you don't have to be quite as exacting and just be you know, delicate and in the lines. You can just go, yeah, that bit's green, that bit's green, that bit's green, that bit's green. Because yep. you know that when you apply like the silver that's going on next, you're going to tidy up that line. And yeah. you won't, you, it's not part of that tidy up phase at the end where you end up with like seven colors left and going, Oh no, I need to add a bit of that. Oh, I need to bet that as well. And all of a sudden, that model is just coming together so much quicker mm. because you've learned not just how to apply paint, but some of the theory behind what you're doing with getting that model to painted. So, yeah, that, that's, that, that's part of what I'm doing. Um, other than that, I did actually have a board gaming day yesterday. Oh. Um, so, uh, first of all, played a game called Farsight, which is a one-on-one -on -one tactical board game. Um, it's, it's really weird in that 
it's uh, it's a laid out grid, and you know it's meant to be. Uh, you've got uh, mecha and uh, infantry and artillery, uh, but you don't deploy any of them at the start of the game. You can you get to bring them on in a hidden state, um, one unit a turn, and you know while they're hidden, they can move a certain amount every turn. But once you attack, you have to reveal them. And so it's all this matter of, okay, so I've brought on these three. I've brought on some infantry and a heavy. I, I think that's your artillery. So I'm going to try and get stuff around to there. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, no, it's a much bigger unit. So you've got to realign what you're doing. Is that because to represent the fog of war kind of idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and as well as that, you've, you've got this constant battle. Basically, if you, uh, there's 12 objectives on the board. Um, and you're in a constant battle because if you capture eight of them or three of your opponent's back row of them, you win the game at the end of the round. I've seen that, I think, yeah. Um, so it's, it's this really interesting like tug-of-war mechanic as well because you don't have units coming on in a specified order. You're choosing them from your pile of remaining units. So it's, it's tracking what your opponent's got, tracking what you've got, thinking about what they've put down. It's... It's an interesting tactical game. We didn't play the full version because there's um, there's like support staff that you can add on, like spies and so on, but we didn't get that one. So that was an interesting game. Um, next one we played was a game called Azul, um, which is extremely different in that it's a very abstract game where you're building a mosaic um, and choosing from a pile of tiles in the middle and you know, you're going to fill up rows of certain length of tiles to put them on your actual design and... Um, that was a, that was a pretty good game as well. Um, it's got to be one for the like the abstract and puzzle gamer because you got to do things like look at other people's mosaics and go, okay, if I take these tiles, they can't complete that line this time, so they won't get those points. That's fine, and I've got to take these as well because I need those. And do I want the first player marker because that's minus one point? But mm. so it's it's an interesting sort of tactical little game. Um, and the final one was the much more heavyweight Agricola. Uh, oh, God. Oh, no. Now, I've played that and I hate it. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't say I hated it. I wouldn't say I hated it. A lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, that That is... I'd like that speaks volumes on its own. I'd, I'd, li- I'd like Caverna instead because they've removed some of the problems with it with Caverna, which is essentially Agricola too. Um, but yeah, you are you're meant to be a farmer in the 1670s who's building a subsistence farm, and you've got to like you've got to have this um, like balanced diet and build a family and improve the home, and and you have 14 rounds in which to do it. And at specified points, you've got to have enough food to feed your family. Otherwise, you need to go begging and lose points. And yeah, once you realise that the essence of the game is just place, dude, get thing. Yeah. The the rest of the rules just become so much easier. Yeah, that's that's true. Although we were playing, we went the time that we played it, a friend of mine uh we went to like one of these meetup um versions of a board game night at a pub yeah uh, you know the website meetup or whatever it yeah, is. yeah and they had a board games one and it was run quite regularly there and we sat down and the guy that was teaching us the game was really good uh but the other guy that had joined us that none of us knew was like oh i, d- I don't know anything about it um and then clearly about three turns into it he was just like yeah that was bollocks basically so he just run rush up rush on over 
us and um wasn't much of a learning experience uh see we were like a, a just a, a group who'd never played it before i mean mm. we at the start it felt like we we're being snowed under with rules because that is like there's a 16 page rule book with a 16 page set of appendices yeah it doesn't do a good job of describing just it's his basic mechanics basically the thing is what I had to do my traditional job. Basically, as, as other people were punching out, they just threw the rule book at me and said, here, condense this. I'm like, uh, okay. So I had to sit there and kind of read. You play read. games. You you play games. Read well, this. Well, well, this is the thing. We all play games. We all know the rules for things. Um, but they know that if there's a rule book that looks like it has even contentious stuff in, if they hand it to me, I'll sit there, I'll digest what's going on, and I'll come out with, like, the Dave Lister version of the rule. <laughs> nice. Um, which is why any further ones, once we've played that one, if there's a new player and they'll go... You, uh, not the Rimmer version, then? Uh, uh, no, no, God, three. no. Uh, and then I took both dice and stuffed them up his nose. <laughs> um... No, uh, once once we get new players in the game, I'm responsible for, like, while they're setting up the board, going through the, okay, here's the too-long-didn't-read version of the game, just to get you into it. We'll have a couple of players play before you so you can see what they're doing, and we'll go from there. The worst rule book that I've, that I've actually read on that level, and the games turned out to be so simple, was uh, Welcome To... Um, which, uh, Welcome To your, your New Home. It's a disposable, like a card game bingo type thing it's it was really good it was a good game yeah but the rules were just um it, it was either they were being poorly described but uh, it, once you played a couple of rounds it was just pretty pretty simple but i don't know it's a bit of an art to for rule books to actually it is I, I, well, first of all, though, there's, there, I'll make two points now. Firstly, I'm I'm writing a, a homebrew RPG at the moment, so I can understand where it comes from and making things in a logical order and understandable. Uh, secondly, the worst rulebook for making a game look complicated that I've ever come across is Power Grid. I love Power Grid. Power Grid is an excellent game. I recommend it to anyone. It is basically... It's quite simple, really, isn't it? If you want to play Monopoly, it is the better version of Monopoly. Oh, I've not heard it quite called that, but yeah. Yeah, because essentially you're building properties, you're getting money from them. It doesn't have the roll and move mechanic, but what it's got is this sort of self-balancing market economic stuff. You've got paper money. It fulfills that same sort of basic board gaming area. The rule book is an absolute disaster because it is translated uh very technically from german it's not it's not a poor translation it's a very accurate translation and it's a very mechanical translation as long as you read it like a basically a set of stereo instructions you're probably okay um but otherwise if you're reading it as a way to get into the game it is a tough old read because the way it describes the auction section specifically is like almost a page long for something that you can do in two lines it really is just a pain um and ev every time we've taught people a game after having that initial one it's been like oh, okay this is really easy the only thing we need is the reference sheet on the back to tell us how much we refill certain things well that's another thing as well uh, uh describing uh building activations for machikuro became a bit silly at some point I remember that the rule book wasn't particularly clear on that as well. I, I don't know. So the best rule book I've ever read was probably uh, Lords of Waterdeep. 
it's just it does what it says on the tin. Uh, here's the worst one. I've never read the rule, the rules for Lords of Waterdeep. Really? I, I played the iOS game so many times. <laughs> I I knew that game like the back of my hand the first time I picked up the box. Mm. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I know how to play this one. Got halfway through the game, I was like, there's one thing I have failed to describe to everyone else, and if I describe it now, it scuppers my entire strategy. Oh dear. Oh, I am sadness. Okay, this is relevant. I am going to describe it for you now. Um, it didn't matter in the end because it was still like a close game anyway. But, um, but yeah, I had a board game day. It was excellent. I got to play three new games. Uh, basically, me and my mates are going through all the board games we bought at previous UK Games Expos before the next one. Uh, uh, in, in the hope that we can actually clear off some of their list and go, yeah, that's a good game. Uh, unfortunately, it's already cost me like 70 odd quid because I know I'm going to go to UK Games Expo and buy Caverna now. So that's the thing. I'd, Any- like, a re- I'd like a rematch with Caverna. I-, I didn't so much like Agricola either. Uh, oh, sorry. I'd like, a- I'd like a rematch of Agricola. I didn't like Caverna that much. Well, the. Uh- Caverna's essentially Agricola too. I know, it just it just thematically. Okay. To... Fair enough. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I think it's time to sign us off because it's late and frankly I'm tired. Um Kurt, sign us off. You've been listening to Elite Cadre, the uh, hordes of more machine and movies and board games and anything else we can think of podcast. That doesn't take itself too seriously. I've been Kurt. I've been Mike. I've been Benj. What episode was this? 98. Oh, God, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Bye. 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 Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Listen to Elite Cadre, a War Machine and Hordes podcast. Email us at elitecadrepodcast at gmail.com or find the whole team on Twitter at bit.ly forward slash elite cadre. Music provided by Martin DeBont and Symphony of Spectres. And now, in a world of perfect production and seamless transitions, we bring you the chaos that lurks beneath the surface. These are the Easter eggs. Um, was it him that did that one with the fishy thing in the water? Yeah, a lot. Shape, of the, the, the shape of water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oscar-winning shape of water. Yeah, yeah I know.
Yes, I know. The, the, the Oscar-winning sort of homage to something between classic monster movie and the Twilight Zone, Shape of Water. Yeah, I know. Um, but apparently, if you don't like it, it's uh, it's controversial. But I, yes, I haven't seen it. Is. it. So, um, I, and I haven't really been interested in seeing I mean, any... I mean, Benj, I would urge you to see it, but you clearly have poor taste, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you see what, I, see what I did there? I have I like different it. tastes from you people. I, 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 you believe... Uh, well, you apparently have uh, misspoken trash there. Uh, <laughs> I love how the popular opinion here is always the the right one. But we don't, I would say we don't have the popular opinion. I don't know. About, no, he's he's beloved by everybody. No, so but generally, pretty much. Uh, I, I would say, say we're definitely drinking the Kool Aid there, but on hmm. uh, the most part, yeah. I think Michael, I don't have the popular opinion on most things. Yeah, I mean, he he has, in fairness, he has done something that a lot of people regard as a bit of a clunker. Uh, in um, what was it, Crimson Peak? I don't even see that. Yeah. I, I, I didn't no one, think it was that bad. I've seen no, it. No one remembers that film. I quite enjoyed it, but I can see why people didn't like it because it that, that was the volcano one with Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I mean, so close, cut. So close. <laughs> but it's it's very different from that one, just a little bit. I mean, I it's it's a proper like Victorian penny dreadful as a movie. Cool. I mean, um, we can we can spend the next couple of hours going through his IMDb if if. You know, Hellboy was good. I enjoyed that. Pan's Labyrinth was good. I enjoyed yep. that. Pacific Rim is meh. Yeah, yeah. I think we all agree it is what it is, though, isn't it? It, it is, is what it is. is. Um, I like it. But, but nice. after, but after that, then it it just. I mean, Hellboy two wasn't that great. Oh, I, I, like I, I really enjoyed it. I prefer project. The is, it's highly Mike Mignola influenced. It's got a lot of the core of the book comics in it in a really nice way. Uh, I like uh, it. That's fine. And then he started down that whole path with uh, Hideo Kojima and the cool kids. Like, after, pretty much after that. Okay, Benj, I'm going to put something out here. And I like Hideo Kojima as well, but he does love the smell of his own farts. Well, Hideo Hideo Kojima's a hack, um, but let's move on from there. (laughs) Oh, you can't call one person who, who does that, who's exactly, you know, the same... In that same ilk, in that same category. Oh no, no, no! See, see, there's, there's a really clear um, distinction I can draw between Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro. It's, it's really easy What's to that? kind of define them apart. Um, so Guillermo del Toro has produced something that's worth looking at, mm-hmm. and Hideo Kojima hasn't. Uh, the entire Metal Gear Solid franchise. Yeah, exactly. My point. Yeah, you don't like Metal Gear, so that's your problem. <laughs> Not really. It's trash. What? Okay, Mike. Mike and his strong opinions. You, again, you sound like you're speaking for the majority when you're probably uh, speaking for Hideo Kojima, particularly at the start of something like Metal Gear Solid 2, um, has basically just taken a collection of random anime films, mashed bits of them together, and gone, let's make a game out of this bit. Sure, you, work. You couldn't be more wrong if you tried, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You can you can have your opinions and I can have mine and we can live harmoniously together. No, Ben, welcome you, to you, elite. Welcome to elite cadre movies and we're not, we're not even in the thing yet. No, we're not. No, we're live we are, though. Yeah, we're we live. live? Oh, okay. Yeah, but but don't worry, Ben. You can have your opinions. I'll have my facts. No, no. Now you sound <laughs> now you sound like one of those terrible people trying to uh, convince Brexiteers they're not. You know, they're they're. they're not, 
they should have a different Look, opinion by leave, calling. Should yeah. just leave. I don't understand why it's so difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to press the button now that says <laughs> no more talk on this topic. No, no, no. Right, you do sound like one of those people that tells people they're just wrong all the time and then expects them to do something different instead of like you know. There was oh, a movie. There was a movie referendum. We all agreed the same thing, and the referent movie referendum was very clear. <laughs> Benj, if I actually if I actually wanted to change your mind, don't worry. I would come to your house with a baseball bat and wouldn't leave until your mind was changed you would do physical violence on me Phys- physical not physical physical no, violence. It's, inter- it's interesting that you assume violence what would you do with a baseball bat otherwise would you teach me to play baseball would you be the father the surrogate father he would sit outside and miss balls until you agree with him i would i would agree that i'd prefer to watch gilmo del toro's movies over Brexit, like everything that's happened there. So yes, I agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Also, there is, there is one Guillermo del Toro movie that has been sadly lacking from this conversation, and that is Pacific Rim. He said that earlier. Did he? I said that earlier. Yeah. Okay, but the discussion wasn't long enough. Pacific Rim. I said it was okay. Oh, it was a bit mad. Oh, sorry, sorry. Evangelion the movie. No, it's not Evangelion the movie. The guy is not whiny enough to be Evangelion the movie. Uh, okay, fixed Evangelion the movie. No, because Shinji is a is an integral character to the entire plot of that. Uh, I can't even really keep a straight face with that one. You can't justify um, that. <laughs> no, no. But I don't. Uh, yeah, bad mecha design. I'll leave it at that. I enjoyed it. Uh, unless you like big giant robo type stuff, I'm not. I that do. Type. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, that's fine. But it is, but it is what it is, isn't it? It's, it not is trying to it be is. More than that. it's not trying to be more than that. It's just is what it is. That's yeah. what it is. It, it, is. it also has a really good like main theme to it and like a good action theme to it it's just ah oh, love pacific rim I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say i i enjoy it i enjoy it re-watching it i enjoy it on a regular basis i would not gonna go and say it's good but, I, yeah, will, I will say though that everything that has um his stamp on it and then somebody else has taken the reins it hasn't done so well the uprising was not that good <sighs> no i've watched it I'm, but I, I enjoyed it. It's it's not it's not even same quality. I'll no. agree there. I, d- um, I don't. I, I don't think they have. If he, he has a vision, he like has a vision in all of his things, and he sees it kind of through. Oh, that that is the one thing you can say about Guillermo del Toro. His films, actually, this is sort of a recurring meme in films. I like. He has extremely strong visual direction. Um, so much like uh, Luc Besson. Um, who maybe produces films of some interesting um, quality occasionally? Looking at you, Valerian. Um, um, yeah, that's, that's a long. That's that could go on a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, let's not do that, please. <laughs> no, I like it. I, the, well, that's the fine. Source material is what it is as well. You okay, know, we're all allowed to live and breathe and have opinions. It's fine. I, I like it because I wanted more Fifth Element, and it kind of gives us that. Yeah. Fifth. Yeah, Fifth Element was so much better. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. I don't, uh, I, I, I don't think anyone's debating that. Uh, 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 I'm not even. Yeah, <laughs> you're a handsome, the first oh, name interchangeable. Oh, look what he's doing! He's turning into a proper, you know, all <laughs> handsome are the same, are we? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, no, I'm just saying. I, I'm not going to debate that Fifth Element. You know, it, it, it is is or isn't a better film. It, Fifth Element is a way better film, uh, just because it actually makes sense in some parts. Um, the ending's a bit kind of oh god, why? Um, but fine, you know, 
I, I love both of them. Valerian, yes. is, Valerian is a journey more than it is a destination. Um, Valerian is a toned down version of the comic that was written decades ago, and it doesn't wouldn't really work in our time without considerable effort. And they toned it down, um, and and I like it for what it is. Um, I, I know where its what its flaws are. It's fun. I like it. I like the, the visually. It's lovely. Um, yeah, I wanted more from it, but. You read the comics and they're horrendously sexist, so because they were written before I was born for quite loud. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, but yes, as film recommendations, still watch Valerian. Just don't expect it to be a life changing film. It's a laugh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, should, should, should we discuss what we're actually going to talk about this evening? Yes. It's just a thought. <laughs> well, uh, is it Archons, 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 and then speculation oh well, yeah. we do need to talk about oblivion yes um, do, do we know enough substantially to talk about oblivion or no. When's we, that, okay. <laughs> that is very very true we know enough in the general direction that we can talk about it um they did a wonderful law cast on it and uh they did the actual announcement thing um i'm just trying to see if Oh, we're we're only a little while away from uh, War Madness 2019 finishing as well. What's that? Have you not seen this? War so, Madness. So War Madness is the March Madness of War Machine. They've basically taken casters, pitted them against each other in a sort of um, a tournament bracket that's a public vote, and seen who comes oh, yeah. out on top. I have, yeah, I've seen some of them. I've kind of, you know, didn't really do much for me. Yes. So the uh, the current final is uh, Ashland Delis versus Lord Carver. Okay, because that basically the Mercs Facebook group went Mercs, 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 and kind of rallied everyone behind voting for obviously the correct choices in all the Merc and Minion casters. Right. So like the final four was like three Merc and Minion casters and Old Witch. Wow. We were so close to getting it being all four Merc and Minion, cause, uh, but uh, Gorton lost out to um, Old Witch. Yeah. So, But at, at the moment, Ashlyn is leading the vote by many, many votes. And that's good, because Ashlyn deserves to win. Because she never will in the fluff. No, she's had hard times, really, hasn't she? Hopefully this leads to an Ashlyn too. You've been saying that for quite a while. Which we've yeah. had art. Which we've had art for for God knows how long. Art yes. or what? That that came out kind of weird. Art or fart? It sounded like fart. We've had fart. I'm, I'm just going to let your joke fall flat, Bench. It wasn't even a joke. It did sound like you said fart to me. Well, okay. Good. Well, good. Yeah. Fantastic. But we'll, we'll just move on from you having ever said anything. What art has she had <laughs> anyway? What art has she? Um, had? in um, oh, what's the card game? Oh, was that even like? Because didn't they have a Jack in that as well? Supposedly, Lely's. Uh, yep, there's the duelist. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, which sa- sadly, even when they redid the Vanguard, they didn't come out with the duelist. Um, so even when they um did Christopher Guard having all those Jacks, they didn't do the duelist. Yep, it's annoying. Uh, I, and they had Viros two in there and something else. And something oh, they had um, Rover was in there and. What was the Kador? There's a Kador Jack in there that was new at the time, and that ca- that's come out since. Yep. Mad Dog. Mad Dog, I think you're right. Yep, I think that's it. Uh, the one with the four shotgun and the hammer. Good. Uh-huh. Uh, the one that I've literally never seen. Um... Grolar. Yes! 
Was the Growlar in there? Yeah. It's quite a few. Growlar came from the card game, or rather, was it out in the card game long before it was a war because machine. Because it was in concept before and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yeah. I'd, uh, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't hold your breath on anything else coming out from that card game for a while. It, it, well, the card game's done. Uh, but it had oh, Gorton, was fun. It had Gorton 2 and Ashlyn 2 and some other mercenary warcaster. Like, this is amazing. We've got more things. Are we going to see these in the game? Eventually, nah. maybe. Yeah, it may not be on their schedule currently. Fair enough. Oh, you so, never know. Yeah. So we want to talk about um, Archons, Archons, Archons. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyone care much about Infernals? Um, I did. I did. I was really kind of like, I'm going to jump on this. I'm going to get one. I might just get the box set. I might just do that. I might just, uh, that, that'd be nice. Quite like it. And then there's something to do with the heavies being previewed. The gut, the art for the heavies. has just kind of made me go, oh, well, we'll see. I don't know. Is, is this where Nick was going? They look like Legion beasts. Yeah. I don't think they look like Legion beasts. But I, don't don't look, I don't think uh, they do either, but I, they, they look very look. alien and I don't know what it is. It's just um, made me go, oh. I thought they were supposed to be aliens, though. They've been, that concept out, art came out quite a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So is it finally just sunk I think in? It's when the 3D, I think it was when the 3D art came out that when I was like, uh, yeah, maybe uh, less so. Okay. When it became more defined. Yeah. Okay. Should, should we just go? Go. <clears throat> there we go. All done. And see, I've I've already gone ahead and and done all my lunch and breakfast for tomorrow. So I yet. now now I can relax for the next uh, thirty two minutes. What time is it? Half oh, eleven. Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, except I got like four hours sleep last night. Mm, yeah, I've already had a bath. Uh, <laughs> is that too much patient? No, that's fine. That's that's tame for this day and age. I've just had a bath. My my sleep schedule has been horribly thrown out by discovering city skylines. Oh, yeah. So I I ra- I happened across um, a video on. Uh, on uh, Imga, and where I was like, "Ooh, this has got different junctions and how much traffic can go through them." And then someone said, "Oh yeah, this is based in a game engine, City Skylines." So I went on YouTube and yeah, looked at it, and it's got videos of people solving massive traffic problems in this like Sim City style thing. Okay, and and they were quite engrossing and entertaining. I uh, like, okay, I'll buy the game now, and then it's two a.m. Um, yeah. and I'm sat there with a city going hmm yes but if I change this dual carriageway to be one way in this direction then at a bus stop here uh, like it's 2am in, pla- in real places but in this yeah yeah. oh no no it's it's not real places it, you build the city from scratch oh mm. I thought you were taking like Birmingham and no, it's like the city. no, no you, you get given a landmass and basically you start up from like you know a couple of houses a corner shop and whatever and like at this point i've got access to like all the master i've got monorails i can have uh, okay. underground systems i can have an international airport i can build the eiffel tower it's like okay it's um it's- i've got hooked on a very inane game well hooked i play a very inane game which is merge planes which is just you just build planes and merge them together and build more planes and build more planes and build more planes and build more and stuff 
which is very tedious, but somehow I keep getting sucked into it. Mike, <laughs> Mike, do you still play um, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes? Uh, no. Uh, okay. I, I've still got install. To be honest, I've gone back to actually playing Fire Emblem on the on the uh, 3DS instead. Uh, okay. Because everything in Fire Emblem Heroes is the same. Mm. So. Yeah, it is, but it's still addictive, unfortunately. I, I, it's it's suffered a bit from uh, mobile game syndrome, which is where they start off with this like really clear, simple system, and then they go, "Okay, here's a new resource. Oh, here's yeah. a new type of fighter. Oh, now you can learn different skills. Here's the thing: you, you can get it quicker if you pay real money." No, no, not not even that. It, it, nah. it, they've actually really held back on that. The company that built. Fire Emblem Heroes for Nintendo has actually complained to its shareholders because Nintendo has deliberately told them they can't implement more than a certain amount of um, money generation in it. They've got to keep it so that you can just play for free. Um, And apparently they're really railed against that to their shareholders. So... Anyway, I, I, I need to be off because I, I'm tired and need the loo, so... Yeah, me too. I will bid you all adieu. Yep. Indeed. Good night. Have a fun day at work.